find the action. Never acting. No need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From two fours to four threes. The founder of Slapdick Podcast, Slapdick uh, Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars, and the author of uh, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Jason Brown. Straight, no chaser, real raw and uncut. Coach, every time you come on, I laugh, I learn something, and then I fear that somebody's going to be incredibly pissed off with what you said. All around hustler. Make no mistake about it. I've done this a long time. Try to eliminate this soft society we have. There's legend. Hey, me now, love me later, like my book says. This was presented by Slapdick Whiskey. Hey, Hell yeah, hey Slapdick yeah. Whiskey's good, so are the Stogies. Some real thought, real good flavor on these things, and the burn is excellent. Beautiful burn. Okay. Yes, sir. Slapdick Whiskey, Slapdick Cigars. Be true to yourself and see if, if if some shit changes for the for the worse or for the better. They asked me to do a podcast. They said, let's call it the Slapdick Podcast. What up, what up, what up, YouTube? Here on this fearless Friday. I take no fear. No fear on this fucking Friday. Lots to dive into. Lots to discuss. Um, got a guest on today. Former Ohio State Buckeye wide receiver. Somewhat controversial if you uh, have done any research. and, and But if you know don't know him, then you don't know him. And uh, people lie and make up things. And uh, he was a very, very uh, talked about coach in the profession for a long time. Basically responsible for a lot of Urban Meyer's recruits at Ohio State during the heyday uh, of Urban Meyer. And um, he has his own show, Menace to Sports. Um, He'll be joining us to talk about the college football landscape in the – Later on this hour, so welcome him. Zach Smith will join us. Um, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We take no fear on this Fearless Friday on the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later show. Um, head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe B L E A V. Get you fifty percent off. Welcome bonus, and on your first deposit, tell them I sent you. MMA's big this weekend. Hector's in the 3 o'clock hour coming in. In the third hour of the show, he will join us, talk about all things betting. In the scared money don't make no money segment, as uh, Hector is going to join us, and we're going to talk about betting. So we will discuss that. All brought to you by betonline.ag. Head on over there and get you a 50% off welcome bonus today. Bet online where the game starts. We're here on this Fearless Friday. I got to get you started on the quote of the day. Quote of the day is going to uh, shall set you free, as I like to say. But um, we're going to bring that in for you. I want you to read it. You can all read it. If you don't invest very much, then defeat doesn't hurt very much. And winning is not very exciting. If you don't invest very much, then defeat just doesn't really hurt no one. I've been around it my entire life. If you don't know, you don't know. Kids that don't invest a lot don't really give a fuck when they, when they lose. They don't really care. So, pretty shitty deal. Um, and then hurt doesn't, they don't, really, they don't really care. Winning's not very exciting. Winning's not fucking that exciting when you don't really invest. But, um... Appreciate everybody coming on over to YouTube. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. 
Um, lot to discuss today. Lot to discuss. A lot of things. Gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of things in the landscape of things. Um, let me get to the contrary to belief segment. Brought to you by BlueChew.com. A um, lot of things here on this Coaching 101 uh, where I teach and coach you up on English class, all right? And I teach a lot of you fucks how to speak and use the right words and the right terms. And if you don't know, then you don't know. But that's what I'm here for. I'm here to coach you up and teach you up. So tongue and cheek versus tongue and in cheek do you guys know there's a huge fucking difference which one's right do you know lucy do you know tongue and cheek is not the right fucking thing okay it's tongue in cheek it's tongue in cheek so make sure you understand that because your tongue is inside your cheek isn't it well some of you guys think it's tongue and cheek it's not tongue and cheek um the spitting image She's the spitting image of yourself. It's actually the spit and image. It's actually the spit and image. Spitting image. It's not the spitting image. Um, It's the spit and image. But we all fucking just mosey on over and just start saying shit because we get used to Ebonics. And we're so lazy we don't want to fucking... Uh, really learn the real shit. So our kids are going to, you know, grow up being basically fucking retarded because you didn't fucking help them out. I could care less versus I couldn't care less. Do you know that everyone says I could care less? I say it. It's actually not correct because if I could care less, um, it's actually an oxymoron. It's I couldn't care less. I couldn't give a shit less. I couldn't give a fuck. I could give a shit. It don't make sense, right? That means you want to give a shit. No, I couldn't give a shit. So that is that one. Um, One in the same, one and the same. A lot of you say one in the same. It's not one in the same. That means you're basically fucking someone inside their body like Leah Thomas. We're not transgender. We didn't take over. Our pussy didn't become our dick, etc. Vice versa. It is one and the same. Okay? That means you're the same as that other person. Not in the same. You're not in that motherfucker. So... Um, slapdick of the day. Um, I gotta get you to the slapdick of the day. If you haven't seen this shit right here, this is slapdick of the day. We're gonna call it Chucky for for shits and giggles. Okay. Um, Chucky is the slapdick of the day, and uh, if you don't know about Chucky, if you haven't seen Chucky, um, do you know Chucky the horror movie Chucky? Have you seen that? You know, the horror movie, the little fucking baby, Chucky. Um, If you haven't seen this shit, you got to fucking peep this shit out, all right? I'm about to show you some shit real quick. Um, I don't know where. Get the fuck off me. Get me my fucking bag. What is wrong with you? What the fuck? What the fuck? Get the fuck off of me. Get the fuck off of me. What are you doing? Get the fuck off of me. Get off of me. What's wrong with you? What the fuck is going on on this fucking train? 
It's not funny, man. That's the slapstick of the day, Chucky. Somebody really put that fucking, you know, costume together. I, I got to be honest. What is the first thing you guys noticed? Did you not all did you not all notice the fucking people that take out their phones and just video it? Nobody helped. Nobody got up to help. I want to be on these trains in these buses. I got to start putting myself out here more. Because that film, if you all fucking want retweets and likes, that's going to be the video that goes so... You motherfuckers all love to talk about viral so much. That video of me choking the fuck out of Chucky and absolutely beating the fuck out of that fucking thing is going to be the viral video. When I pull that bitch ass motherfucker off the little the girl that he's basically assaulting and throw him around the fucking bus and hits every pole in the bus is going to be viral. And then watch me slap the fuck out of everybody on that bus holding a phone and not doing anything. That is when we're going to see change. Stop filming every fucking thing and get your bitch ass up and fucking do something, man. I'm so tired of seeing these motherfuckers film. I can't wait. I'm I'm so, I'm gonna start going out more in public and start trying to catch this dumb shit so I can just start blasting these motherfuckers. Um. Oh man, what a crazy thing. Word of the day. I gotta break down word of the day for you guys real quick. Uh, instead of joke of the day, I gotta break down word of the day now. I got a word of the day, and the word of the day today is uh, let me get to it because I don't want to make sure. Word of the day is disco. Do you know where disco? I took it from mom last night. That is the ghetto word of the day. I'm picking on ghetto because I'm from the ghetto and this is what we grew up on. But uh, disco. Do you know where disco? I took it from mom's last night. That is a common household term that I used growing up. Growing up, and uh, disco. Shit, disco. You know that's what it is. Sean, um, unless you're producing the show, especially since you're not a fucking member. I'm probably not going to dive into your question in the middle of my show, in the beginning of my show. So you should become a member. You'll become green. I'll see you, and then we can maybe talk R. Kelly. But if you were a member, you would have already been on the show when I talked about R. Kelly. So now shut the fuck up, become a member, and stop bothering my motherfucking ass in the middle of the show, you rude motherfucker. Stop being so fucking rude and learn some manners, people. Sean, much love to you. I hope you're a member soon of the show. It's the best dollar ninety nine you can buy and spend. But uh, you fuck with me right now. Poll question. Poll question. I, I, I fucked around with the poll question. Um, Lucy said yesterday she brought something up to me, and I thought, I thought I did this already, but I guess I did not do it. So the poll question of the day is, what is your favorite cereal? Okay, what is your favorite cereal? Uh, inquiring minds want to know. And I am going to bring up my top five cereals. I might as well do it right now, Christian. I'm going to bring up my top five cereals. 
Here's my top five cereals. Leave it up for a minute. Lucky Charms got to be number one. If you guys don't like Lucky Charms, I think you're just some bitch-made cats. Lucky Charms is my shit. And if you haven't tried this, you throw a, you cut up a banana and you throw the banana over the cereal. Okay? So that is what you should do right there. Boom. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is got to be right there. I throw bananas over that too. I throw bananas right over that too. So Cinnamon Toast Crunch got to be a third favorite. I also throw bananas over that. I also throw bananas over that. Alexander Man is funny. He said this is the most least controversial top five of all time. Hey, I had to take it off. I've been getting blasted on social media, man. Holy fuck. Cookie Crisp. Gotta love Cookie Crisp. Oh, my goodness. One of my favorite. And Honey Nut Cheerios, man. OG. OG Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, love me some Honey Nut Cheerios. You take it down, Christian. Thanks. Uh, this is some great shit. That's my deal. Shout out to Lucy uh, for bringing that up to me because I thought I did top five cereals. But those are my top five. Dead or alive. Top five cereals. No, no Fruity Pebbles. I can't do Fruity. I'm not a fruit type of motherfucker. I can't do really Fruity. Um, But Alexander Mann brought out a good point. This is the most least controversial top five. I get blasted on Twitter and Instagram. I I think I lost 100 followers since yesterday on Twitter. Shout out to Twitter. Shout out to all the dick riders on Twitter. I love my haters. They're my biggest fans. Even if they delete and unfollow me, guess what? They thought about me when they woke up to unfollow me. Think about that. You have to look someone up to unfollow them. Can I imagine? I couldn't even imagine trying to find some of you on Twitter and unfollow you. I just blocked the, the bitch made motherfucker. I just block them now. I learned from Pat McAfee. Me and Pat talked about this in depth. People that, you know, back in the day, we were like, ah, that's a bitch made move. Nowadays, fuck no, it ain't. That is the motherfucking move. Block. I love it. I love that fucking feature. I just want to block all you dick riding fucking hater, know it all, Twitter guru fucks. Everyone knows everybody, but you won't. Everybody knows everything, but you have to. Two, Christian reminded me I got I lost 200 today, so. Um, yeah, you know, I told you guys, I told you guys, busting with the boys and, 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 and Rich Eisen and all that shit. Motherfuckers are scared, homie. They're not going to bring no real motherfucker on. That's why I give so much love to Pat. Pat's at least brought me on and, and, uh, and enjoys the banter, you know? Um, he may cringe sometimes at what I say, but you know, I've never put him in harm's way like that. Uh, I, even though I have on accident, not on purpose. But it was taken out of context. Things get taken out of context because I'm not worried about saying nothing because people that know me know me. So I'm never worried about nothing coming out of my mouth that's fucking going to be something that people are like, oh, hell no, coach said that. Uh, no, you can't say I'm racist. That, that'll never fly. Sorry. Can't say it. Sorry. And I can say pretty much whatever the fuck I want. People know the real. And people love to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, coach said this. Coach said that. Shut the fuck up. Um, but what's your favorite cereal? Um, so oh, TJ, come on, TJ, you're a Uso. Your palate is used to you drink kava, which is straight. It's 
dirt root cardboard taste. Get the fuck out of here. Where's Josh at? You guys are killing me right now with Ch- Lucky Charms versus Kava. Can we do a fucking Lucky Charms versus Kava taste test and tell me in this thing, who do you think shit tastes better? <laughs> um, Rudy Gobert just got traded to the fucking Minnesota Timberwolves. What in the fuck's going on with that? How is Rudy Gobert going to get traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves and play alongside with soft pussy-ass Towns who just got a big old bag? I don't know. Um, Controversial topic. People talk a lot of shit about uh, Jalen Ferguson, Baltimore Raven kid that died uh, a couple weeks ago. He basically, it's, it's been released that he died of cocaine and fentanyl. Some will call it hate. This is what I mean. Some people will come out and say, why is ESPN posting this? Why are we showing this young man's death? Why are we so hateful? It's the fucking truth. Stop hiding behind the truth. Stop fucking hiding from the truth, people. The kid is a millionaire who fucking killed himself. Everyone's pissed off at my top 25 bust in the NFL because Dwayne Haskins is on it. But I get more hate for fucking Andrew Luck, the fucking household white dude, than I do saying Dwayne Haskins was a bust. How fucking ironic is that? But the haters come out and say, you put a motherfucker that died on your list. Yes, I did. I did because he walked down a fucking wrong way of a street and made a choice. And he didn't do very well in his first three years playing. So he is a bust. He's a bust to the public. He's a bust to everyone that fucking rooted for him. He is a bust to the fan base of those teams. To those teams. Um, that's a bust to me. And I'd love to ask Zach on the show here pretty soon what he thinks. He loves Dwayne Haskins, I'm sure. He fucking coached him. I mean, he fucking probably recruited him. I don't know if he did or not, but I'll ask him. But at the same time, I hate to see a young man take his life or die on accident or what have you. But the truth of the matter is he's on my bus list because he's a bus regardless of what you think. He ended up being a bus. Kyrie Irving I have is a bus. He won a ring. No, he was on a team that won a ring. He hit what's called a lucky shot. What has Kyrie done since? Nothing. He hasn't made anyone better. He has, he's, he's missed more games than he's played. And he hasn't won anything without LeBron. So, like, to me, he's a bust. So, that's, that's, you, already know my, you already know my fucking rationale on why I call it a bust compared to a sad downfall. I've talked about it. A lot of people think Dwayne Haskins is a sad downfall. No, a sad downfall is somebody that was injured and got hurt and his career ended early during the game or the heat of the battle. Actually playing hard for the team and and unfortunate. Bo Jackson is a sad downfall. He got hurt playing the game, ending his career of possibly the best running back of all time. 
Um, I don't know. It's controversial. It is what it is. We'll talk about it. Maybe uh, Zach set me straight even. I, real recognize real. I always admit something if I'm, if I'm wrong or, or, or fucked up. So, um, so I don't know. If we have to talk about it, though. I'll ask Zach, too. But Jalen Ferguson, why are we having so many young brothers getting killed, killing themselves, dying? Why are we having so many of these fucking issues? But we're going to dive into it here in about nine minutes. Um, young male virginity is on the rise. If you haven't seen this, uh, young male virginity is on the rise. Look at this fucking graphic right here. Young male virginity is on the rise. Men under 30 who report zero female sex partners since they turned 18 is on the rise. This is crazy, right? How the fuck do we get that data, number one? Um, maybe it's because we're so fucked up, and maybe we need to show... I'm going to show you why I hope virginity is on the rise, because there's a video that I want to show you of this bodybuilder out here who should never have ever came out. Look at this fucking guy and his bodybuilding body. This is why. That is why we need to have a fucking virginity. That's why I love lesbians. I love fucking lesbians because we can't birth those motherfuckers right there no more. That motherfucker right there is straight comical. Um... Apparently, our life expectancy is much lower than women in the U.S. And other nations, by the way. Other nations, if you haven't heard, bad news, men. Why is all of this all ironic? We're, we have a li less life expectancy than women in the U.S. and in other countries. I'm, I'm curious on what's going on with this. I'm curious as to why this feminism fucking movement is taking over. It's crazy. Houston truck driver facing 20 years after transporting 145 immigrants, undocumented immigrants. Look at the guys that do this type of shit. It's always the same motherfucker. Is it not the same motherfucker? Uh, it's not the same looking motherfuckers that, that always do this shit. Lucy, what's going on in Texas? You guys are fucked. Up in Texas right now. God damn, Lucy. Um, deputy assistant. This is how fucked up we are. The nuclear energy assistant. The waste disposition of nuclear energy is this fuck. This is a guy, girl, whatever you want to call him now. I don't want to get into it. Fucking it's all fucked up. But that is the fucking waste disposition of the office of nuclear energy now. As of June 19th. As of June 19th, that is what we are. This is what we've become. This is the shit. This is the new thing. Um, Rudy Giuliani gives a fuck. He said, fuck it. I'm going to throw out some slides and try to get some money. And he's selling slides for $49.99. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani's like, fuck it. I'm going to have some fucking slides. I'm going to make me some money. $49.99 for those plastic motherfuckers. Rudy Giuliani is on there. That shit is crazy to me. Um, I got to know what this snail is. If you haven't seen, there's a snail out there. And, and it, we found it. It's a giant African land snail. Um, is essentially a bunny and has a puppy with a shell. They say it's a puppy. Holy shit. That's crazy to me. Um, I don't know what that snail is, dude. That shit is crazy to me. 
Uh, I never seen a snail like that, but uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. Um, I got to let you know though, we've seen this. This we've seen that. You know, you've seen that new energy uh, person that's now out there. How about the fundamental concrete um, backbone of this country? is now walking in gay pride. Our Boy Scouts are now walking during gay pride with their dicks out. If you haven't seen the Boy Scouts, let's show it, Christian. We have a Boy Scout video. This is our Boy Scouts. Dog, that's the Boy Scouts. That is who this country was like, our backbone, uh, concrete, where how we grew up. We grew up um, being Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, and now that's our Boy Scouts. Like, that is our Boy Scouts. I don't know if you get it, man. That's some crazy shit, dog. I'm just telling you right now. That's some crazy shit right there. Um, we got a lot of shit going on, man. A lot, a lot of shit going on. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of shit during this show. Um, but I had to get a guest on today that that I had to have on that I thought was just the best possible guest. Last minute, dude. He did me a favor being last minute coming on the show. Um, to discuss the college landscape, the college football landscape, especially after what happened yesterday and with the news that UCLA and USC call uh, had and and stuff like that. And, um, you know, Zach Smith is a great, great coach, football coach for a long time, college football coach, great, great recruiter. And uh, and if you don't uh, know, go follow him, Minister Sports. He's got a TikTok, he's got IG, he's got Twitter, and he's on YouTube. And he's also on Patreon, um, Patreon. so go check him out, and uh, it'll be worth a listen. Uh, we're very, very similar-minded, I think, and that's why I think we get along. And a lot of people probably hate us both, but no further ado, I appreciate my main man, Zach Smith. Welcome in. What's up, What's brother? up, man? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. You, you got your own podcast, so, you know, you already know. We already knew you had a hell of a setup. Um, appreciate Shoot, I'm you. I'm trying to catch up to you, man, but you do, you do see you see what I'm rocking with oh, in my studio. Oh, my right? man. My man right there. Now, it's empty. I need I need to get a refill. I need hey, to you know, I just lost the vodka. Hey, I need to try that, too. You're right. I just lost the vodka, man, so it's out, and uh, that's what I'm... Man, I wish you were here this next week, man. I'm having a launch party, uh... Uh, July 9th, man. I don't know what you're doing, man. I could try to figure out something if you want to come take a little visit to to the to the you know the nice weather and uh, you know pretty girls area. Um, Got to get you I'm out here, man. For that, <laughs> got to get you out here. Um, 
Appreciate you coming on, man. I know you were listening in. I was just laughing. I know you were over there like, holy fuck, look at the shit we deal with in America today. But uh I already I already I already know. I know, I, I know, know, I know, man. It's just it's it's crazy, man. Um but, I mean, drop your stuff. Minister Society, I mean Minister Sports, um, M E N A C E two, the number two sports is your uh is your is your handle, right? Yeah, that's it. We do our show every day, two thirty on YouTube. A lot like it's a, it's a perfect perfect deal because you can watch my show at two twelve thirty, then jump over one o'clock Pacific time, yeah. and watch G- Coach JB. Yeah, but, no uh, doubt. On- now let me ask you something: When you started your yeah. show, did you start? Did you did you think about or look up and see people that were doing times and like, okay, I don't want to compete versus this. I don't want to compete versus this. Or you said fuck no, it. So I originally I just did it. It wasn't a live show, so it was just ah, pre-recorded, yeah, yeah. And, and then I would just drop it whenever, whatever time of the day. I can't even remember what time it was. Yeah. But then we, I decided to do a live show, and we started with a morning show, and then I, I kind of, it, it was just too early. You know, people were trying to get to work, and so I switched it to a lunchtime show, and it, it, the numbers were way better. So, really? I, you know, I just, I'm hanging out, so I can do it whenever. I'm, I really try to do no it doubt. when it's best for the people that listen. Yeah, I'm just, I just push it. We, we, this is week one, going back to five days a week. So I'm just trying to yeah. get it going, and uh, you know how it is, man. This thing's competitive, just like selling whiskey, vodka. When, 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 when shit becomes uh, available to the public, then every swinging dick wants to have a voice. And now you know a yeah. billion podcasts. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got a podcast now, but. That's why numbers never lie, right? I mean, people will tune into anybody's podcast, but if it sucks, they're like, "Eh, fuck that. I'm not listening I'm, to that shit I'm anymore. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um, so look, before we get... I, I got something between me and you. It's funny, but everyone out, out there on the audio side, I want to get this out the way so we can have a clear and non-confrontational conversation the rest of the way. Run this clip for me, Christian. I got to show everybody. Out better high school football, Texas or California. Ooh. It, it, it is funny because TikTok is such a volatile place. The question yesterday was Florida versus Georgia, and I gave my opinion, and a bunch of people were like, you're a fucking idiot. It's Texas. And I'm like, what? He said Florida or Georgia. <laughs> but Texas or California, you got to go Texas. And that's mainly just because of the, the overall general makeup of the kid, right? Both have talented players. Both have great coaching. But generally speaking, and this is definitely stereotypical, the California kids are not as tough as the Texas kids. They're not as hardworking as the Texas kids. They have that surfer mentality almost. And so generally speaking, Texas football is king when you're comparing the two states. Um, I, I would take a kid from Texas all day. They're extremely well coached. A lot of these schools are massive. It's almost like colleges. The competition they face daily, the competition they've had in practice, and the competition they played against in games is second to none. So Texas is probably the best state in the country for high school football, and California is in the top four. So it's, it's a good comparison, but I think Texas wins on pretty much every front. I mean, they're one of the fastest states in the country, one of the best athletes in the country. They produce linemen. They produce every position. Um, they've had some great quarterbacks come out of the state of Texas. You look at the starting quarterbacks in the NFL over the last 20 years, a boatload of them came from Texas. So it's hard to dispute Texas when you're talking about them versus anyone. All right, all right, all right. Hey, I got I had to get it out the way. I had to get it out the way, man. I had to. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I'm gonna break, I'm gonna be 100 percent real. I yeah. agree with every single thing he said for all the non uh contrary to beliefs to everybody out there that th- everybody in the chat's like, Coach mad as fuck. I'm not mad as fuck. This is the problem. This is what I want everyone to know. 
when you recruit nationally, so Zach Smith's been at a major Power 5 university and responsible for some big-time NFL players, obviously. He recruited the lifeblood of that university for a long time, if you don't know who, who it is. Um, so he's been all over the country, um, I, just as I have, but not on that scale. So Zach knows this business. So let's make sure we're clear. Um, I agree with him 100%. I did not recruit California kids when I was in Independence, Kansas. There's a reason. Because they're soft. They are soft. Now, my generation was a little different, but these kids right now are soft. And they couldn't come to a Kansas because, at first, the pussy wasn't very good. Number one. Number two, the weather, right? It's cold. There's no beaches, no clubs. And it's probably similar, uh, Coach. I would say it's similar coming to Columbus, right? From, oh, from it's California. Real, it's real similar. And it, it's, it's, it's a lot like Miami, right? When you recruit Miami, for that kid to come to Columbus, Ohio, one, if you recruit 100 kids, maybe one of them actually will because they're just a different kid than a kid in Fort Lauderdale. And that's how I felt about California kids. I go, eh, and not all of them. Shit, I took Chris Olave from down in San Diego. Like, he's a Cali kid. But he was the right type of Cali kid, you know. And I, I even and people, my my fans of my show, mostly I'd say about sixty percent Ohio State fans. So when I say this, they get pissed. But C.J. Stroud, soft. He's a great player, but he is he's soft, and nobody likes to hear that. So let but. me let me let me. So just I don't want to cut you off, but I want I want to hear more about it. Yeah. So I got to defend my state. Obviously, I I think California. This is the deal a lot of people don't realize. I think California still is the most talented, rich state yeah. for this for this reason, though. I believe Florida, Georgia, Texas has come up to where you can equate it now to California. When Back in the day, remember in the 80s, 90s, California was it. Yeah. Then it was Florida. Texas started to come around. Georgia came later. Then you had the other hubs like Ohio, Pennsylvania started adding in as a recruiting hub in, at your, in your level. Yeah, and um, a lot of people don't understand. California, arguably, I don't even think it's an argument, but arguably has the number one educational system in the union. So what happens is most of the kids that you see make it to the four-year level right out of high school. Compared to a Miami, Florida, and Alabama, Georgia, the educational systems are very, very bad. Um and you get a lot more JUCO kids. You get a lot more kids that get lost in the shuffle. But the talent is unbelievable. It's everywhere because you see more of it because they don't qualify academically. Right. We actually qualify at a higher rate than anywhere else in the country. So our kids right. get out for, as far as the big-time kids. Now, we still got a shitload of kids that don't qualify that are big-time players. But my argument is Bryce Young, DJ, Stroud, like he just mentioned, said he, he was soft. I agree totally. But he's a Heisman candidate. Bryce just oh, won yeah. the Heisman. Uh, Matt Carell just balled at Ole Miss. I, I mean, you got all these guys. And then you don't even want to mention Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Palmer. We can go on and on and on about California quarterbacks. California rules in the quarterback world. I don't care what they say about Texas. Look at the thing. But I do uh, uh, agree totally. We're soft. We're not as well coached. There's not an investment in California like there is in Texas, Georgia, and other states. California and Florida, to me, are very, very similar. Coaching is horrible. They're all lazy. They're all enabled. All athletic, especially going Miami. That whole Miami region could mo- probably is the most talent-rich area in America. I agree with Zach. I believe L.A. and Orange in San Bernardino is the next, and then I think that um, 
But per capita coach, I have to say, a lot of people don't talk about, I know you're probably going to say, fuck, you'll have to think about it, but per capita, the most talented area in, in the country to me is South Carolina. I love it. Um, per capita, I, I, I just couldn't wait to get there. But let me say, let me break it down like this, coach, and, and you can go from there. I, I want to say this. Um, you know, I agree with South Florida maybe being the most talented rich and Texas being the best coach, no doubt about it. I think South Carolina per capita is the most talented. But um, what is the most celebrated place? Um, like as far as from the fan base, from the community, etc. Texas is huge. And, you you know, we get these huge stadiums and this huge, you know, you got these places. But they're, they're far and few between. And we, me and you know, but a lot of people think – Texas, every single school's like that in Texas. Right, it's right. not, but it is like yeah. that in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Every yeah. fucking school is forty thousand at the game, indoor facility, unbelievable outdoor facility. Eight schools right there in downtown Tulsa. They all are very good, from Booker T to to, to Broken Arrow to to um, those schools. Um, there's a difference though, and I want you to explain between the most talented state to recruit. Versus the most eager state to recruit. You all, I'm sure you got your dick card to go to certain states. Yeah. California uh, you know wasn't I, one. You know where I loved to recruit towards the end of my career was St. Louis. Yeah, East St. Louis St. got Louis. dudes. And St. Louis, they're dying to play big-time college football. And and it was, when I went in there, I mean, we got Ezekiel Elliott from there, but he was from some little rinky-dink high school and, you know, no, not really a big-name recruit. Now it sounds cool, like Zeke's from St. Louis, but he wasn't a big recruit. And when I went in there, those kids were dying for an Ohio State or someone like that to come in. And I used to love it because, like you talk about eager, man, and they could fucking ball. I mean, Jamison Williams, the kid I took out of St. Louis, ended up transferring to Alabama. Just, I mean, just a dog. I mean, he 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 won gold in six events at a track meet I was at. And I've never seen that anywhere. And it was he's unbelievable. But so I love St. Louis and I love the DMV. Like DC, Maryland, Virginia, those love kids it. are. Love Those it. kids are starving. Like PG County, Maryland, shit. I'll take a fucking dude from there any day of the week. And then I love South Florida. That was my, I mean, that's where I recruited most. I think, and I think I have like a, not a disdain, but like I have an opinion of Cali because I didn't, I recruited there selectively, right? A, a receiver here, receiver there. Like Juju, I recruited, or I talked to Juju. I didn't really recruit him because he was fucking goofy. Yeah, it, no it doubt. Just, it was funny. You no know what doubt. I mean? Any great player, like I probably should have recruited him harder, but it just, it, more often than not, when I went to Cali, it was it was always like a goofy recruitment. It was never like solid. And maybe that was just my handful of experiences out there. But at the same time, I, I recruited help, or helped our line coach recruit Wyatt Davis, who's from out there. And he's fucking guard, tough as shit. So, it, you know, he goes opposite of the C.J. Stroud conversation, like some pretty soft Cali boy. Like he was a, a It's a stigma, isn't it? Isn't it the position yeah, stigma? Yeah, it it's the position, though, stereotype too, right? O-lineman, yeah. gruddy, nasty, especially the white O-lineman. A lot of people don't yeah. realize white boys want to dip. They got dip in. They want to yeah. go oh, get yeah. it. California or fucking Ohio, O-linemen just seem to be different. Um, yeah. I got a question for you from a fan. Yeah. What? How do you define the right type of guy coming out of Cali? I mean, I think you were kind of just leading, uh, alluding to it. It's it's position specific. Like I could take a wide out that's kind of a pretty boy, soft from anywhere. If, if he, yeah, if he's dynamic, fuck, I'll I'll figure, I'll make him a little bit tougher and we'll be good. But a quarterback, 
a lineman. I mean, you know, a D tackle, like you better be a, a gritty, tough dude, like square, square jaw. Like you can get punched in the face and not start crying that kind of dude. So it depends on the position, but, and it's, it's always big picture. Cause I, there's some South Florida kids that I recruited that, I mean, they weren't tough in high school, but you saw where they grew up. So you knew that they had some toughness in them. And then you get to a college program and you do what you do. You break them. And then when you build them back up, they're tough as shit. No doubt. No doubt. Um, let me ask, let me tell you, I mean, I want to throw this out there. Are we both the most recognized cats who can recruit like no one else, can coach like no one else, but yet blackballed like no one else? Or what the fuck's that, going on? Th there's no doubt. <laughs> there's no doubt. I mean, it's like this, this, this episode right here. And when you've come on my show, it's like, it's like the things that aren't supposed to happen. Like these two motherfuckers linking up. <laughs> oh, fuck. No doubt, man. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I see these guys that get hired too. Um, that, you know, I know I've seen some of the things you said, and I, I just see your, if I can see your face, like some guys that get hired and shit, I'm just like, dude, it is a who, you know, and who knows you business, not what you know. It is. And, and, and nowadays it's about how sexy of a hire is it? It's oh, yeah. not even, it's not even as a guy, a good coach. It's like, well, look at his resume. He's been at this sick, these seven schools. It's like, yeah, but like I, I laugh about our offensive coordinator that when I got hired at Ohio state, after Tom Herman left, we hired Ed Warner to be the offensive coordinator. He was, and I mean, he was on staff, so everyone knew what he was, but he got Urban gave him the job, and I still don't really know why. And it was an epic failure, and everyone's sitting there like fans are scratching their heads, and all of us on the inside are like, Well, no shit. Like, did you think this was gonna go well? But that some bitch had been at Notre Dame, you name it. He ended up at Michigan after that. I'm like, this guy just keeps getting jobs and he's awful. Man, let me ask you this. Do you think this is real? Because I, you know, I'm close with Sark. I talked to Sark the other day. I talked to Sark all the time, but we me and him used to have this conversation. He's told me on, you know, he's told I'm not gonna put too much business out there, but he's told me, he's like, dude, I I said, Do you know this cat? When he got the SC job, he hires a D-line coach. And I'm like, yeah. You know this cat? And he was like, JB, I have no fucking idea who this cat is. It was it was Cedric, uh, I don't know, his, his son ended up playing quarterback at Sarah, and he ended up going to Arizona. But the the coach was at LSU, and he yeah. and Sark hired him from LSU. But they had the same agent. They shared oh, yeah. the same agent. Oh, and the massive. agent said, Sark, hire this dude. And he's like, All fuck. The All the time. Urban did it. I mean, when Urban first put his staff together at, at, at Ohio State, Tom Herman was off the offensive coordinator Iowa State and was about to get fired because he he was wild off the field like doing all kinds of Oh shit. yeah, no doubt. And so he's about to get fired and he has the same agent Trace Armstrong as Urban Meyer so Urban brings him on to be the offensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator is Everett Withers who was an NFL guy really there's no tie it didn't really make sense at all but he had Trace as his agent. I mean he probably hired four coaches just because Trace told him to. Yeah. That's why. Why is that you think? Familiarity. Yeah, it's it's familiarity, and and they want big names. You yeah. know, I think Urban's biggest thing is he fell into like hiring guys he knows a lot, and sometimes maybe they they were good coaches because he knew them, so he knew they were good coaches, but he might be able to get better somewhere. Like when he hired Larry Johnson from Penn State, he didn't know Larry at all. Larry's the best D line coach I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, but he got lucky on that one. You yeah. know, it, Larry could have sucked for all you know. Yeah, there's plenty of D line coaches, and he was a go getter, was wasn't terrible. he? He was what? Wasn't he a go getter? Oh yeah. yeah, and he and just he's he's just a dog. I yeah, mean, yeah. He, you talk about D line development. He's unreal. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's crazy, man. I I I, I always say that shit. Um, 
Let me show this graphic about the, from the Alabama kid, Christian. Show me that real quick. Uh, this is why Alabama wins, in my opinion. I want to ask Zach. This kid came out and said, I like to hit people. I like to make people feel pain. It's fun. You're going out there, and you get to abuse somebody, and it's fun, and you don't go to jail for it. This is could be all fluff. I don't know. Um, you know, we can all have our assumptions. Me and Zach know things. A lot of you probably don't know about Nick Saban and everybody else, but I believe he uh, he he is for whatever reason you want to say it, uh, him or an assistant. The players are actually mostly not transferring for the most part. Um, they play, they go to the NFL, they get new blood in because they get so much out. Do you think that's a real thing right there? And do you think that they're buying into what he's selling as far as the physicality of? of the game compared to what it has turned into now. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I think Nick Saban's done such an unbelievable job of instilling a culture. Like, those kids go there, and they're at Bama, and they, they know that it's second to none, and they do things a certain way, and you're soft as shit if you transfer out. I mean, that's the culture there, where they know that if they enter that portal, everyone, every one of their boys in that locker room is like, damn, this soft motherfucker just transferred. That's, that's the culture they built. And so he can coach them hard. I mean, the story of Trayvon Diggs when he switched to corner, like you you can't do that nowadays. Take a five-star receiver and for the first day be like, hey, you're going to play corner? That kid's gone. But Nick Saban did it. And he called, he called, he even told the story. He called his brother, Stefan, and like crying almost. Like, man, he, he's trying to make me play corner. And Stefan Diggs was like, well, then you better go play corner. That man knows a thing. <laughs> like, what are you doing? No doubt. And he just he has a great culture there and and it's what was, man what tell it what was your story about that that whole deal because i remember it was big news were, were you going were you headed with saving or not so he he offered me a job and i ended up turning it down and i don't know why it became a news story because it's just i got a job offer i when mike loxley got the coordinator job locks hit me up and was like hey i want you to come replace this receiver coach that left and be my like you know second in command whatever you want to call it assistant coordinator yeah. whatever bullshit title they want to throw and he was like, would you consider it? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'll, it's Bama. I got to consider it. And at the time, I'm like, I would be the only person ever that worked for Urban Meyer and Nick Saban. Like, wow. you talk about a sexy hire, like, you'll have a job forever. No doubt. And so I was going to do it, but I, I was divorced. My kids weren't leaving. They were going to stay in Columbus. And I'm like, I'm never going to see my kids. I, I just couldn't do it. Right. And then Urban started, you know, he went from dogging me every day to then when Nick Saban offered me a job, he's like, wants me in meetings and, you know, giving opinions. And I'm like, oh, now I'm smart. Now I'm smart because Nick Saban offered me a job. But it was the only reason why it became an issue because I didn't – I'm not out here say, like pounding my chest. I got an offer from Alabama. I don't care. I turned it down. What does it matter? But they when they did this whole investigation, they got all Urban's texts, and he's texting like Greg Schiano, texting people about how I got a Bama offer. And so it became a news story. Nah, I'm, I'm glad you told us. Um, that's big news right there. Uh I got to ask you, what do you think about these NIL deals? Um, show that show that clip, uh, Christian, of the NIL deal. This kid's got a $9.5 million NIL deal. Higher than Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Tua, Herbert. Um, where are we headed? Like, where are we headed? Well, it's, it's, it's like the housing market when it got inflated, right? Yeah, it, it's going to be cool for these one or two classes. And then eventually, these boosters are going to be like, I paid $10 million for Jaden Rashada and he didn't even play. <laughs> like this, they're going to waste so much money on kids that aren't as good as you thought they were. Eventually it's got to come back down. And I don't, I don't trust the NCAA to do a damn thing because they don't do shit. So they're I, not going to come in and step in and put guidelines on it. But eventually it's just going to become a return on investment thing. 
My kid, I, I raised and coached. I, I, uh, his daddy went to co- went to Compton College with me. We're, we grew up together. Nico, he's the number one kid. He's going to Tennessee. He signed an eight and a half million dollar deal. Yeah. My thing is like, what if the fucking red shirt junior white kid is just better and knows the yeah. system, tougher, nuttier, guttier, and and is better? Can you afford to even play that kid anymore? And does Nico or the big time kid that got the NIL deal have to play out of straight politics? I mean, it becomes that, right? That's what the NFL deals with. You you draft a first round. Corey Coleman gets drafted at the Browns. Terrible. But they got to play him. They're paying him all this money, and the ownership's looking at the coaches like, hey, I'm paying this, this dude $15 million. He better be on the field, or else what am I paying for? And that's what's going to happen. And you saw a little bit, a glimpse of what is going to happen with Quinn Ewers. The Quinn Ewers saga was so bizarre. The kid, C.J. Stroud is already there, right? Everyone knows that. He's the starting quarterback. Quinn Ewers skips his senior year and enrolls early, knowing that C.J. Stroud is going to be the quarterback for two years, comes in, he's there for six months, and transfers. And you're like, why are you – you came in knowing this was what it was going to be. After what, he got a million dollars? Yeah, he got a million dollars. And he said – and his representation said, listen, if he's not on the field, he's not going to make close to that next year. So he either needs to be on the field or he's out. And Ryan Dason, they're like, I got a Heisman candidate quarterback, guys. Like, he he ain't beating them out. And so the kid transfers. And it's like, that's what you're going to deal with now. It's like their market value is only so good and they got to play. And if they're not playing nine and a half million dollars, they're going to be nine and a half million dollars. The next go around. If you wanted to coach right now, would you a B could you handle this shit? I don't, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I don't think just because I see life on the other side. Now, you know what? You, you know this when you're in it, <laughs> you're in this bubble. And you're with a bunch of crazy ass people that do it just like you do. Like you don't see your kids, you don't see your family, you don't have any free time, you don't get to do anything. You're just working twenty four seven. And once you get out of it, you look back. And I tell, you know, friends of mine that are still coaching, I'm like, listen, I'm just telling you, life is so good on the other side. <laughs> like it really is. Like it's cool to be at Ohio State and run out in the horseshoe. That's all cool. And it's it's really, you know, you know this as well as anyone. It's awesome to impact a kid's life. And help them achieve something. That's, That's number really one reward. Yeah, but at some point, I'm sitting here. I did it for 14 years. I'm good. Check the box. Had fun. Helped a lot of kids. I'm I'm good with it. Done. I'm 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 with you, man. I have no desire really right now, unless it was the right thing. But yeah, people like us would be fired day one on the job. <laughs> oh. Well, and that's what you know. I I have mentors that help help me come up. And they all, when I got fired, they were all like, just keep your mouth shut and just go away and then you'll be right back. And after like six months, I was like, fuck that. I don't, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I'm not just going to just go away for a while and come back. Like, That's how I you. am. Same. Yeah. That's how I'm like, fuck it. Why? Yeah. I'm not going like, to suck your dick and kiss your ass. Yeah. You could have done that. You could have disappeared for two years and you'd have been right back and got a job and been and it moved on. But it's like, no, I, this is not me. And that's the thing about it. Like. Fuck, people don't realize I had to fight a case that was falsely accused of. I had to fight that. And then I had to go through all this other shit. And it's like, you know how to make income during that time? You got to do something. So for me to be quiet, I would have made no money. Yeah, like, what the fuck you want me to do? Like, I still got bills to pay. That's what people don't think. They don't don't understand that shit. Like, oh, this guy's just this guy. Well, fucking come pay my bills then. Like, this is coming from my agents and shit, coach. Like, 
Oh, oh coach, you got JB. You're never going to coach. You better be quiet. Well, then pay my bills, dog. Like, I, yeah, shit. I'm with you. It's, for me, it was coming from <laughs> Urban Meyer. Like Steve Adazio was the head coach of Boston College. I'm like, man, you got 20, you got 10 million in the bank. Yeah, Don't no tell shit. me what to do. No shit. That, it's real <laughs> yeah, easy. I, I try to tell people like that. People that started a podcast. I was talking to a guy earlier. I said, people that started a podcast and shit. I have yet to see a person that was not a big name who had a backing of resources and money. Uh, Just start up and be fucking the next Pat McAfee. I haven't seen that shit. So like you gotta you gotta like understand some they came from some like the pivot podcast Ryan Clark and his fucking ass and they, they these guys all they're all names they have money they have millions of dollars it's not just average Joe coming on and having Tom Brady pop up on his first show and his no, show just goes to twenty million followers like fuck no 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 and you look at it you look at when we get in season we I always do it I look at like where where podcasts are in the top one hundred on Apple and all that shit and you look and when when our show ranks. I'm like, all right, now who's in front of us? Every single one says ESPN, Fox Sports, ESPN, like fucking 247. Every single one has corporate backing. All all names, household names. Yep. It's yep. designed that way because there's too many of us. They're not going to want, you know, that's what I was telling this guy the other day, fucking off the topic. I'm like, dude, these YouTubers, there's like these YouTubers out there and these social media people that are nobody knows, right? But they have huge followings. Because of social media, being YouTubers, being uh, fucking TikTokers, whatever. But if me or you got a on series, it would literally become one of the most watched and biggest shows because of the platform. Yep, there's no doubt. I don't know. It's crazy, man. I, I don't. I don't get it. Um, I, man, this whole this whole UCLA and USC thing. Uh, I talked to a couple of buddies of mine that coach uh, over there. Um, I was like, man, is this thing real? And they're like, fuck, JB, you don't even understand. This thing's real. Um, First thing I have to ask you is, this is your neck of the woods they're coming to. Um, So this is a very, very, you're the best possible person to be on this show to talk about two West Coast teams, not only West Coast, L.A. teams. Um, Let me show the the graphic, uh, Christian. What do you say about, that is the equipment bus drivers. So when the bus driver, so everyone that's listening, keep it up for me, Christian. Everyone in the chat and a hundred some people, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member, and make sure you follow Menace Two Sports, uh, Zach Smith, and follow him as well on YouTube. You'll love his show. Let me ask you this: You guys don't know. You guys think that this shit's flown. This is going to happen every week. Uh, L.A. UCLA and SC's equipment drivers have to drive twenty seven hundred miles uh, one way. In an era of $8 a gallon gas. Why did they do it, Zach? You take it down, Christian. Why did they Why did they do this? Well, you know, it's all a power grab at this point. They're trying to grab up anybody they can. And, and the funny thing is, is kind of this news broke after my show yesterday. So it gave me 24 hours to digest it and talk to people. And it's, it's funny how bad the Big Ten has been. I mean, they fumbled the bag on Oklahoma, Texas, because Oklahoma, Texas reached out to the Big Ten first. Like, you think about it. You're Texas. You don't want to go to the SEC. You want to go to the Big Ten. Then you got to play Ohio State. Okay, other than that, you're good. But they, Ohio State, or the Big Ten, they fumbled the bag. They didn't want them. And so this go around, as the SEC's just, I mean, leveling up and leveling up, The Kevin Warren, the commissioner, and the Big Ten office, they had nothing to do with this. It was Mike Bond is the AD at USC. He was the AD for five years at Cincinnati and became great friends with Gene Smith, the AD at Ohio State. And then Martin uh, Jarman 
is the, is the AD at UCLA. He Boston was Gene's right-hand man in Columbus. So Gene's picking up the phone, conference calling these two ADs saying, listen, I can make this happen. Because come to find out, now Gene lied about it two years ago, but he came clean on it yesterday. He already flexed on the Big Ten during COVID. He told him that Ohio State was going to leave the Big Ten, go independent, and join another conference because they wanted to play football. And so the Big Ten already kind of just conceded to Ohio State, like, all right, listen, y'all got it. Like, you run it. And so he made the moves. And then USC and UCLA called the Big Ten office, like, listen, we want to come. And Kevin Warren's like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. So but I, th- I think that this, this is – this is going to be monumental because the next move is the critical move, right? Ohio State added Rutgers for one reason and one reason only. They wanted New York City and that TV market. They just got the LA TV market. And now if they can add like a Georgia Tech, you imagine they grab Atlanta. They're, they're making moves. that SEC is still regional. The Big Ten's trying to go coast to coast, east to west, north to south. And, and they're, they're trying to keep up with the SEC. And, and, and I think that's what they've done. If Lincoln Riley can do what everyone thinks he's going to do at USC, you now have a two-team conference in the Big Ten, two schools that will be year in, year out in the mix, a lot like the SEC has every year. Two teams that are legit, right? Yeah, that's what people don't get. People think that they say SEC, and then you go, well, there is Vanderbilt in that motherfucker. There is Kentucky, who's on the rise, but still. And then there is Tennessee. South Carolina with Shane Beamer. Yeah, okay, they yeah. had an okay year, but fucking they get their – their doors blown off by Ohio State or any of those teams. Yeah, I, and, and and that was my thing. So I was talking to these dudes and my buddies of mine. There, I was like, "Let me ask you this, though, Zach. How will this affect recruiting, in your opinion? And will the SoCal teams draw players from colder cities after they come to LA in November? You leave Columbus in November, it's fucking snowing. You land in LA, it's eighty degrees." Yeah. That to me, now with the NIL deal is, and I've talked to buddies, and I sure you have, you're tighter with some of them than me. I've talked to my boys, like, they're like, JB, it's fucking unbelievable. It's a wild, wild west. Coaches are literally in shake lines after games, pulling cats, offering yeah. them this and that. Imagine SC and UCLA telling the best Ohio State kid, hey, dog, you want to fucking come to this 80 degree weather in November? Yeah. I, I don't I know. Mean, just look at- Look at what Pete Carroll was doing. Oh, with dude. And that, I mean, that shit is legal. <laughs> like, That's what I'm saying. It's legal now. Like, their star quarterback will be on a red fucking carpet with whoever, Kim Kardashian, whoever they Snoop want. Snoop Dogg. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be wild. And what, what SC and UCLA just did is they brought the Big Ten passion for football to the West Coast. And that's going to do a number of things. One, all these teams that are that, all these kids high school kids that they, you know the Pac-12 doesn't have a good rep they're not the SEC and they're not the Big Ten well now they've joined the Big Ten and they're going to rival the SEC so you're talking about this conference is the top level of college football maybe tied with the SEC or right there and so those kids are now saying all right does Bryce Young have to go to Bama shit I got Lincoln Riley right here we're playing Ohio State week two we're playing Penn State UCLA you know and if 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 the rumors are true and Oregon jumps ship and Washington too you just took the four. I mean, what? They left Utah out. Okay. The yeah. try-hard Utah. Utah was teams. a Mountain West team. Forget People forget. Utah was right. a Mountain West school. So, I mean, they, they've 
this has benefited everyone. It's benefited USC tremendously. Like you said, all these kids from, you imagine Minnesota, they got they, they had that great running back last year that got hurt. He comes to SC and balls out, and he's looking around at palm trees, chicks. He's like, man, fuck Minneapolis. Send me to L.A. Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's the smartest move ever for an L.A.-based team to say, fuck, we're going to go get a best kid out of College Station, the best kid out of Columbus. This is what Pete Carroll was doing anyway back in the day. Right. So now you can dabble into an Alabama, at least have a fighting chance to say, look, we got we play Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. We play these big dudes in front of 120,000 fans where you're going to play at no offense at Washington in front of 30,000 because they're on the lake they're on Lake Seattle and fucking Lake Washington and fucking and in LA you're in fucking Hollywood and doing your fucking yeah. Lakers games and doing everything else nobody gives a fuck about football here so no. uh it's going to be very interesting man i just one thing though a question Marco Marcus Russo's right this is blue chips in reality now the movie um yeah. let me let me ask you this so I was talking to a buddy yesterday. He's like, dude, the only part, shitty part is the money. When it runs out, if it runs out, when it runs out, recruiting's going to cost way more money now. Oh, yeah. And now L.A. cats are going to have to go to College Station, Columbus, and those areas if you're going to – you have to try to snatch a couple of those kids when you think in a recruiting tactic. And now you're probably not going to Columbus usually if you're on the Pac-12 normal uh, season. You're, you're recruiting your home base or, 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 you know, Florida or Texas. You're not really going north. Now you have to. So yeah. um, it's kind of like the Quinn Ewers le- deal leaving. Um, do you think Ewers is going to look over his shoulders and transfer again? Or because I don't see Manning leaving because of the pedigree he comes from. So yeah. I think Ewers is going to leave again, or or, or he's or Manning's going to be a bust, and it's just going to be so evident that everyone sees it. And uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I do think where this NIL's headed, and I I've, I pissed off a bunch of Ohio State fans saying this, but I, I think if you're the starting quarterback at Ohio State, USC, Alabama, it doesn't matter any of those. You know, the top of the top. Yeah. If you're the starting quarterback and you have a great year as a sophomore. You're an absolute fucking idiot not to enter the portal because your market value is massive. <laughs> and now you could go back to Ohio State if you if the money's right, but I think that's what's going to happen. These kids are going to it's like free agency every year. They're not under contract. They can say, "Oh, I balled out. I'm going to jump in the portal and see see what 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 the market is saying I can get." And I think I think you're going to see way more of that. Star players at big time schools cuz that doesn't happen, right? Bryce Young doesn't leave Alabama. No. But I think you're going to start seeing that. Kids are going to say, "Well, Let's see. I mean, Caleb Williams, right? That's interesting, man. That's interesting. That goes against, like, me and you's total, like, competitive edge belief. Fuck the transfer portal. Now we're pushing cats to the portal because the bag's going to be bigger. Right. Holy shit. This is NFL free agency. Lane and Sark told me this. It's It's the NFL free agency without the return. That is what this is. And there's no contract, right? Like, there's literally, you're on a six-month contract. You can't have a longer contract. Is this the beginning of the power conference era? Because I I can easily see the SEC turning into what we call the Big South. I can see, like you're saying, the Big Ten's going coast to coast. So the Big East, we'll call it for, for the show, Big East comes and they compile a group of teams. 
And then you get the big north, and then I think you get the big west. I think everyone else, the group of fives, the Tulsas, the Tulanes, the Central Floridas, all those guys in the middle, they're going to just be the MAC, right? They're going to be basically the MAC in essence. And then the Mountain West is going to be eliminated, in my opinion. They're all going to turn into this one group of five conference, I believe, or whatever you want to call it. But does the SEC, when they become this big south, do they boot Vanderbilt to say to say this group of five conference? Because they're not going to compete in any of these big four conferences. So does a Vanderbilt get booted? Not only is their academic standards so rigorous and can't get in the motherfucker, their facilities are unbelievably horrible, the worst in the SEC. Do you, you, you're going to lose some teams like that. And who does the Pac-12 draw in to cover up, especially if Oregon and uh, Washington leave like we both heard? Um are they going to bring in Boise and fucking uh, San Jose State, San Diego State? I mean, who the fuck? I don't know. You know, I, I think what's so when I look at it, I think the Big 12 and Pac 12, whatever shambles remain, they all just need to get together. I mean, Oklahoma State's sitting there like, hey, what about us, man? I know. I know. Like, we just got left out. I know. And I, I think they got to just quickly make a move and, and combine forces. And the, the conference I'm looking at is the ACC. The ACC hasn't done shit. And they still got Clemson, Florida State, Miami. I mean, they still have good football and basketball. North Carolina, like Duke. I think they turn into the Big East or the Big South, whatever you want to call it. I don't. Yeah. I, I think they're waiting to get to get assumed, consumed. I think they yeah, don't right. want to fight. They just want to get consumed by the SEC, and 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 they're waiting for Clemson to go to the SEC, in my opinion. And they're yeah. saying, "Fuck it, we're going to fold." Florida State will go, or they'll all become independent with Notre Dame and do this whole Notre Dame TV contract thing. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the thing with Notre Dame, right? They're under contract with the ACC because of the COVID year where where the ACC bailed them out and let them join the conference. They have a contract that that if they're going to join a conference anytime from 2020 to 2026, it has to be the ACC or they have to pay like $130 million or something like that. So they're tied in. Notre Dame's sitting there like, ah, oh, we fucked ourselves here. Hey, look, so everybody wants to know. So obviously everyone made a lot of decisions, and, I, and I've seen you defend them, and I've defended them as well. I've known Urban since he was at Bowling Green. We used to talk power shovel option back in fucking shit. I was at Shafee College, man. We used to talk power option, dude, on the board. When he was just at Bowling Green, nobody knew who he was. But uh, so all the bullshit happened in the bar and all that shit and all that. What, what was it like coaching for him and uh, – is do you consider him right there with Nick Saban? Because I do actually when it comes to college football. Um, yeah. Because of his results, everywhere he goes, um, he wins. I, I called it from the gate. I think you did too. We both said he would fail massively in the NFL. Oh, yeah. um, what do you think about Urban and how was he to play uh, for, coach for? Well, so most people would tell you they hated it. I mean, he he just like every coach I ever talked to, the coach for Nick Saban said they hated it. Uh, me um, too. I had a, After me too. So yeah, right. <laughs> I I had I had a unique experience because my grandfather was a coach, and because you know, so I, I was a little different. But so I I kind of liked it. I didn't like it at first. It was hard because he he pushes you to be this elite version of yourself, and that's hard to it's hard to do. It's hard to be that every day. But after a while. I started seeing his calculations like he would he would push you and challenge you to and and I would always step back two days later and be like, damn, he got more out of me in those two days because he motherfucked me up and down and told me I was awful and fired and all this other shit. And then the next two days, I was the best version of myself I've ever been. And so I was with him for, you know, it took me a while, but I think I was with him for 11 seasons longer than anyone else ever survived. No doubt. And so by the end of it, I'm like, all right, there's not shit he could do to me. Like, what are you going to? 
he he called me a cunt one time, like my my ninth year, and I was like, I walked away laughing. I was like, he's never he never said that word. Like that was funny. <laughs> had, had, so, did you or anyone else on the staff ever just say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm a man, and and challenged oh, him. Mike Vrabel put his ass up against the wall in the weight room because you know Mike Vrabel, Super Bowl champ, got millions in a bank. Like he and he wasn't even challenging Vrabel. He's not that dumb. He was challenging Luke Fickle, and Vrabel got pissed because he didn't think Urban was right on what he was challenging for, and he bit back at him. And Urban had the audacity to kind of get a not get aggressive, but like change his tone with Vrabel. I'm looking at this big son of a bitch, like, whoa, I wouldn't talk to him like that. And Vrabel grabbed him by his shirt and was like, "Don't ever fucking talk to me like that again." <laughs> and he and he stayed on the staff. No, I mean he could have. Urban wasn't going to fire him, but yeah. he left and went to the Texans. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard stories too, man. I was like, shit. I mean, but, you know, they call Nick Saban, Nick Satan. So, yeah. you know, it's a trip, man. I saw uh, my buddy. You know, I had a bunch of buddies work, work there over the years. And I was like, is this real shit? Because a lot of people don't know. You're getting some inside information in here. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe. Make sure you head on over to Minutes to Sports, Zach Smith on YouTube. The, he used to give a calendar out after before the Natty every year because they're basically in the Natty every year. So they're practicing yeah, – right through the holidays right and then he brings out a calendar for the staff and it's like pick your two days you get two days off bro and it's yeah. like is it christmas or new year's like what fucking day is it <laughs> or thanksgiving i think a lot of cats said thanksgiving christmas new year people don't understand dude this no. is a real fucking thing like you don't understand this is what it is we work fucking 20 hour days at independence people think like you're crazy well no this is what it is because if not if you haven't sat in this seat, then you don't understand. The wins and losses fall on this guy, not on you. Yeah. So people don't realize that. But at the same time, it's like I, uh, nowadays, have we, as, as we have gotten more sensitive and softer, as uh, I don't know about you, Coach, if I ever got a job again, I'm hiring like everyone's going to be like 80. Fuck these young kids. These are other fucking lazy, enabled fucks who backstab yeah. the shit out of you. I'm going to hire a bunch of old fucks who can't even move, but at least I know they'll be there and loyal. I'm like, fuck them. <laughs> but uh, that's a real thing, though, man. Like you said, you, you didn't yeah. see your kids, you, your wife. I mean, it, it's freedom right now, right? You feel you can breathe, well, huh? It's unbelievable. And, and I, I, I know I've heard stories about Saban, and I always say it can't get worse than Urban. I mean, he might be the same or similar, but you can't be worse. Right, but right. I, when I when I went down there, uh, when he offered me the job, I flew into Tuscaloosa just to check the place out and meet with him and talk to him about it and kind of you know get the official numbers and all that other bullshit. And it was a this, now, mind you, the bowl games had just ended. This is the first week on the road recruiting, so I'm going to South Florida to recruit, and I fly there that Sunday before we could be on the road. And so I get in there, we go to dinner. We go back to the office. I'm thinking it's just going to be me and him talking. It's like 10.30 p.m. Off-season just started, right? Cats are flying out in the morning. I'm thinking they're going to be with their families packing a bag. Fuck that. Every swinging dick was in their seat in their office watching recruiting film. I'm like, damn, we have iPads. Like, this shit is on huddle. You can't do that at home? Nuts. Hey, if I was the same there, way, you man. Because You know what? I think it's because when you're the head guy, I don't know, especially at your level, I could see this is me defending Saban for this reason, and I don't know this to be true. Um, I guess the accountability part, because you're paying this guy this much money, and for the and for the opportunity to for Zach Smith to be called by Nick Saban from Ohio State, how many does that happen to 
on Nick Saban's staff every year. I'm sure everyone gets calls to go take this job, Boston College. So let me put it this way. Would you allow your guys to go home if you were thinking that way and you're paying these guys? Remember, Alabama and you guys, two coordinators making fucking a million dollars there. Two million is if you're Sark, two mil. So, like, I'm going to be pretty much like, well, I want to see you fuckers work. And... That's one side of it, but also I'm not going to have two days only off. I mean, we're going to fucking, you're going to have family and shit. It's not that serious at the end of the day, even though I know it is that serious, but it's not. So, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a perspective thing, I guess, as far as when you're the head coach, uh, it's a little different. And I know everyone else, you know, we all fucking suck our teeth and, and bitch and moan, but, um, you always, 11 years with Urban, you, you were always, um, Loyal, obviously, for being there that long. Um, mm-hmm. Nowadays, you just don't see it, man. I think I learned. I actually learned this from Urban, um, just talking to him back in fuck. What year was this? Oh four or five? Um, he said, "You know what, JB? I never shopped a job while on the job." And I don't know if he ever said that to you guys or not, but oh, yeah. I I found that to be oh, a real yeah. thing. Like I found that to be a real thing. And people nowadays are looking to get out of the job and for, and away from the guy who actually gave them the job. Like, no right. loyalty. Like, this right. guy hired you. Regardless, he hired you. And uh, do you see that more and more now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. It's huge. And, and, and Urban used to say that all the time. Like, listen, you just do an unbelievable job. The job you have, other jobs will come. And and not only that, he's like, you'll get rewarded here. Like my And I laugh because... that's how I operated my entire career. But at the same time, I'd never had the level of respect from urban Meyer that I had until I got offered a job from Nick Saban. Saban. And then it was like, fuck it. I'm going to be, I mean, the meeting I had with him a month before I got fired was I was going to be the coordinator at Ohio state when Ryan day left. And I was going to be a head coach within three to four years. And I'm like, wait a minute, like a year ago before Nick Saban offered me a job, I was just a wideout coach that you thought was just dog shit. Now I'm like, gonna be the next urban meyer so he he would say that but at the same time he he put a lot of value and there was a lot of raises being thrown around because guys got offered jobs so the incentives there right to look around and try to get offered a job because you're going to get promotions you're going to get more money i just never operated that way but that shit happens constantly going back to when i was in alabama the one guy i met i can't remember his name now i've been trying to think of it as you were talking is the guy whose uh, stripper wife had the monkey bite a kid at texas a&m <laughs> He was he was with Saban, and that somebody has a new job every year or two. Dude, he's the highest paid special team coordinator in the country every year. Yes, and he does. He, hey, he dude, left. I'm just up to you. That's my boy. He sleeps at my house when he comes to LA recruit. Like, I, I fucking loved him. By oh the yeah, way, that was fucking crazy. Him. Oh yeah, he got the he's got the girl now that's that made it big on the girl's bigger on social media than him and shit. Like, oh hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, hell yeah. I gotta ask every. Uh, um, if you don't know his name, is is it's we I call him Jeff. Banksy, but it's Jeff. Jeff, Jeff Banks. Banks. That's right. But uh, let me ask you this: I know you've had, I know you've came out in public, but and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But a lot of people in this chat, are, we got 120 people in here. They're asking that are fans of yours. What is the deal? Because I I can't stand this motherfucker between me and you. I have nothing to lose. But what's the deal between you and and Tom Herman? Because I can't stand him up. I kicked him out of my office. Yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, so Tom and I were close when when he was at Ohio State, and even when he went to Houston, we were we were close friends. I mean, we talked all the time, 
And then some, you know, he he does what he does. I mean, he's a big drinker. He fucks all kinds of women when he goes on the road recruiting. I mean, he was tr- he was sleeping with a booster at Houston, like oh, it just reckless shit. But I was kind of, you know, that shit's entertaining to me, so I didn't mind. I'm like, listen, I'm not your wife. Do what you do, whatever you want to do. And but he, uh, his wife knows he does this stuff, and so when stuff started coming up with my ex wife, and she was friends with his wife, he had to pick a side basically, and he had to side with his wife that he knows cheats on it, that he cheats on her, and all this other shit. So he just out of nowhere flipped on me, and I was like, you know, whatever. I'm I'm f- almost forty years old. Like, I don't need I don't need more friends. Yeah. I'm cool. We're not friends. Like, we need less friends, right? And, and what what set me off though was he he helped connect her with Brett McMurphy, helped start this whole witch hunt on me, mainly because we got Garrett Wilson out of Austin, and and he didn't like Urban. Him and Urban got into a little falling out. He was trying to you know throw a wrench in the program at Ohio state. Cause we were kicking his ass in Texas recruiting. And that, that pissed me off enough that he helped her kind of bring me down quote unquote. Yeah. But what pissed me off beyond belief was when I found out he sent her, I think it was 20 grand to, to hire attorneys to try to battle me in court for my kids. Wait, That's sent your like, wife no. 20 grand. He gave my ex. Oh, hell no. To be- and I'm like, no, nah, you're a, re- you are really bitch made now. Oh like, yeah, it's that's one thing. bitch made shit, dog. Yeah, it's one thing if you like, all right, you don't like me, your wife doesn't like me, so you can't like me or whatever. But you start bankrolling my ex-wife's like legal fees to take my kids from me? No, fuck you. Oh hell no, that's crazy shit. I know this fucking chat's going crazy. That's unbelievable. I that shit is crazy, man. I, it's some shady shit out there, though, man. Like, like you've had them, you've coached a shitload of them. I coach them. I've had so many. And I tell these people all the time, I said, you know, it's crazy how, whether you're a man or a woman, but it's crazy how a woman can get away with basically murder. I call it murder for the simple fact that your career has been assassinated. My career was assassinated. I've had a lot of kids who've been accused of the R word, right? We want to use rape and and domestic violence on shit. When later on it comes out, they're totally innocent. The video comes out. The girl's on the video. I got caught lying, do to do. Nothing happens to the girl, A, and then the guy is always going to have the reputation of being that guy, and he never did a fucking thing wrong. This is where we are with Deshaun Watson. What is your take with Deshaun Watson? And you have you have a daughter? Yeah, two daughters. You have two daughters. So I already know how you are with me. You're with me probably on this. I have a daughter. Unless you have a daughter, people don't understand. You're probably just like me because I know we think alike. I used to evaluate my talent I recruited is by one thing. Okay, you're a player. We know that. Obviously, I wouldn't even be recruiting you. But um, can you babysit my motherfucking daughter? And if you right. can't, then I'm not fucking signing you. And sure. Deshaun Watson can never be around my daughter. And and I yeah. look at it as the the real reason he's not really fucked right now is because no one's came out and used that R word, rape. Right. And if yep. they did, you know damn well he'd be under the bus right now, uh, under the right. jail. Where you know, I look at it as a people all time, my boys. We argue all the time. He's going to be day one starter. I said six months ago he won't he won't play in the NFL this year. Maybe never. But I think Baker's going to be the starting quarterback for Cleveland. I said it six months ago. I keep saying it. That's why they haven't got rid of him for a fucking reason. But right. I gotta I gotta say, just because you're not 
legally charged as a criminal. There is fucking criminals out there who do things that we call grooming, predator, predatory mm-hmm. things. And I just saw everything I see in his eyes. Being the recruiter I am, just like you, I think we are a judge of good, good character judgment. I'm like, dude, that motherfucker is shady. I don't give a fuck what oh, yeah. he did. Um, I don't know, man. My boys tried to equate it to me and you going to a titty bar and trying to get some pussy. I'm like, no, that ain't the fucking same. I don't have a warehouse no. over here and bringing in 60 bitches and bringing them in yeah. one by one. Like, it's so, it's just goofy shit. I know. I, mean, like, I know. You're Deshaun Watson. You want to get some pussy? Go get some pussy. Like, why are we hiring masseuses flipping over with your dick out? Like, making people uncomfortable. Like, go get it the old fashioned way. You're an NFL star. It's not hard. That's why. That's why I'm off the Deshaun Watson train. It's like, no, that's predatory. Like that's you're you're trying to to do something that's uncomfortable for somebody. And what you know, I don't whether he raped them or not. All these girls coming out, and I, I you know, I've seen it. That you know that the the where it starts piling on, where a girl that probably didn't have anything inappropriate happen, be like, oh, I gave him a massage once. If I join this lawsuit, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a paycheck. And so girls, you know, that number goes from what might be like 10 to 60 because anyone that's ever massaged him is like, I'm getting paid. You better believe I'm getting paid. So yeah. it, it, it's it's fucked up. But I, whether he did anything wrong or not, he's just a weirdo. And there's he no is. chance he could be around my daughter. He's a fucking weirdo. That's the thing. Yes. I don't I, I'm like, dude, he's a weirdo. That's that's the bottom line. I'm like, he's a fucking weirdo. I don't care what you yeah. say. And my thing is, coach. We have to be in the locker room and play, go to battle with this motherfucker. I don't see that. That's what I see the biggest thing that's going to be the downfall. Like the players actually saying, okay, I got do- some players got daughters in that room. Some players may not be weird and creepy like him. And they might be like, I got a different mindset. I don't know if I could play for this motherfucker, especially like O linemen and shit. Like, are they going to block for this motherfucker? Like, wanting no. to, I know that it's their job and they get paid, but. I'm just like, dude, I don't know if I want to follow that dude in the battle. I know I don't want to, but I'm just saying if I'm one of these guys, I'm like, I don't know if I could do it, dude. No, no. I, I mean, you think I know he's retired, but you imagine Joe Thomas if he was still in Cleveland. There ain't no fucking way he's going to Willie Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, chance. there's no fucking way, man. I don't know. What's your take? You, if I had to put a poll question out there, do you think he plays or not this year? Oh, I think he's done for the year this year. And I'm with you. I don't know if he ever plays again, but I don't think he's playing this year. Yeah, I I, I don't think so, man. I don't think so uh, either. Um, I don't think so either. I, I don't know, man. I don't see how he gets out of it. And this is my thing, and I'll leave it at this. Uh, I got charged eight felonies in Kansas after I left out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. A liar motherfucker used my fucking computer and basically come out and say I did something, right? Anyway, I have to fight for that. I was offered deal after deal after deal and I said, get the fuck out of my face, right? Fuck you. I know what I did and didn't do and I'm never going to say I'm going to take your deal when I know I didn't do nothing. You don't pay off 20 fucking people if you know who you are and what you did. If you are innocent. I mean, that's just what it is. No, you don't. I, I, <laughs> you just don't. His reputation is at stake now. Like, that's his reputation. He's fucked, and I just don't. He's the R. Kelly of football right now, and yeah, it's unfortunate. Is. It's unfortunate, but. Well, and the crazy dichotomy of the NFL is Deshaun Watson probably won't play this year, but Dan Snyder can still own a football team. It's like, wait a minute now. This shit Dan Snyder was doing was 
beyond creepy like getting getting all the uh indecent exposure clips of cheerleaders when their titties popped out and shit like that like, and bob craft can get jacked off and nothing yeah. nothing but the bob thing about it is up. people don't realize they want to make it a black and white thing well bob craft billion we know billionaires um are always going to get the fucking uh uh, sympathy over millionaires. Okay, that's what people don't get. Always. But number one is Bob Kraft went into the place, and that saved him. He's like, "Fuck it, I'll go in and get it jacked off right here. I don't give a fuck. It's a massage parlor. Everyone knows it, which wasn't right. illegal, right? So right. that is where Deshaun Watson fucked himself. And and people can't compare those two. That's those are two different things. Like if you would have went into a massage parlor, you'd be called a creepy fuck, but you wouldn't have any of these issues right now. No, so and it's like you said. They they have places that do that. You can get a back rug and a, and a jerk, like right there. <laughs> Shit, Dallas Jade, Tom Herman, Tom Herman went to one. I was with him recruiting. <laughs> it's called Dallas Jade. Go to it. <laughs> hey, I know, man. I've seen. I said, don't go to Frisco and recruit. Shit, there's all kind of fucking Asian parlors up there. Hey, Holy let me God. ask you this: Did you did you recruit uh, Dwayne Haskins? Uh, I, I helped recruit him just because I was the wideout coach. I was young. Great kid. And so, I, you know, we the, when Mike Loxley left Maryland, because he was committed to Maryland, and he was just going there because of Loxley. And when Loxley left, he opened it up, and I started talking to him with, uh, you know, every, we team recruited him at that point. But I, I, I got to know him really well in recruiting, and then obviously at Ohio State. Great kid. Oh, my God. Just the best kid. That's what I heard. I heard that. So yeah. let me ask you this. I, I came out. I'm getting blasted on social media because, you know, I like to do it. I like to say controversial shit, even if I don't right. mean it. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, I, I put as my top 25 busts of, 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 of football. And I was talking about it. And I, and I know you heard me. But what um, I, I only put it. I, I want to make sure you know why, but I put it down because I'm like, well, listen, dude, I, I got Kyrie. I got John Wall. I got NBA players that are busts that are still playing. I put it as because to me, it's like a down, you know, unfortunate. I never want to see a kid get killed or kill himself, obviously, number one. Number two, um, the, the, what I don't hide from is like he's still a bust, though, because he, right. he, uh, he, he didn't give the fans what they wanted. He didn't give his supporters what they wanted. He didn't give the fucking franchise what they wanted. And unfortunately, whatever reasons, monsters, demons we deal with happen. Uh, why are we seeing it at an all-time high right now with these kids? I, I don't understand it, and and I just equate it to we don't coach it anymore. We allow everything, man, and I think why was it so less when we were younger? Like We didn't have these issues. We didn't have these issues, yeah. especially not making the money they're making now. We would have had more yeah. issues when we were playing when we were making $100,000 compared to fucking $100 million. Uh, yeah. Why do you, why do you, do you, do you think there's a, do you, I, I saw your tweet when Dwayne passed and, and I know how fucked up it is when you're around a kid like that your whole life or uh, every day. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know where we are right now, but why is it happening at an all time high? And is, and, and I, I think, it, I think it comes down to like, you know, families. And then I think it's also how kids deal with shit, right? Dwayne Haskins was a superstar in high school, superstar in college, first-round draft pick, shitty situation. He didn't play well. He was immature, doing shit he shouldn't have done, and he he was a bust. And so how that kid processes that and what he does with it is, is different than back when we were growing up. It's, it just is. Good point. And, and, I mean, he's out there. He had He had new life with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had no quarterback, right? And he's going to have his shot. And whether he was partying or whether he was drinking because he was, you know, depressed about kind of the, the way his career was going, I, who knows? I mean, I know he was with the female, so they were obviously out doing something enjoyable. 
and and it's just made a dumb decision because he was inebriated right like it's the, the kid wasn't suicidal it wasn't like he overdosed i mean he drank too much and made a life-ending mistake uh and he would have never done that sober and it's it's terribly unfortunate but I, it, it also doesn't change facts right like you Dwayne Haskins would have told you to this point he was a bust. Now he was working his ass off to try to have a second life and become the player that people thought he could, but obviously he doesn't have that opportunity anymore. So he was a bust and he would have said that, but he was grinded to try to prove to people that he wasn't was a bust yeah. in the end. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't get that. He didn't get that next chance. What do you think about, uh, the hire Miami Dolphins made with this bookworm kid um, as the head coach. Oh, I'm so glad we're the same person, man. It's unbelievable to me. People people have this, uh, I don't believe they understand. Um, how long I got you? A couple more minutes? You good? No, yeah, no, I'm good. Let me ask you this, and, and it's a great convo because people don't realize. Um, dog, people really think that, and I grew up with Eric Bieniemy. People think Eric Bieniemy really calls plays. They really, they really think that this guy called plays in Frisco. They really think that the new fucking Vikings coach called plays for the Rams. Like, people really think, and the people I'm talking about, coach, are fucking Stephen A. Smith and all these fucking analyst gurus that know nothing. And it's like, and it blows my mind, and I, I have a pet peeve. It pisses me off more than anything, and I, and I hope you agree. When Stephen A. and Max Kellerman and all these fucks come on and say, why isn't Eric Bieniemy the new head coach? Why isn't Josh McDaniels the new head coach at USC? Motherfucker, he's never coached college football, A. He's, he's, he's a Belichick guy. Uh, fucking Andy Reid calls the plays. And this other motherfucker never called a play in fucking his life. And now he's the head coach for the Miami Dolphins. You got Eric Bieniemy continue to getting bashed because they say he doesn't interview well. Well, number one, players scared as fuck of him. I grew up with Eric. Eric will choke the fuck out of you. I, I don't care what anyone thinks. That's why, um, I don't know if you saw, but Sean McCoy came out and basically bashed his ass in, in a recent podcast. He, he basically talked shit about the uh, enemy and he came out and said, the enemy ain't getting a job because he don't call plays and he don't fuck and, and he's an asshole and nobody likes him. Now, see, that's the soft part of it. I think the real part of it is we, they know he doesn't call plays. But how does this motherfucker from the Dolphins get a job? Is, is it a white and black thing? Or is it a, okay, it's a JV thing. I'm scared of this motherfucker. I'm inferior to him. And we know he can coach and get the best out of the kids. But we're scared of him because he's very, very fucking rough around the edges. Um, and he don't call the plays. So I don't know, man. I, I, I just wanted you to, I want people to hear from you that, People really think these motherfuckers are calling fucking plays. Well, it's it's hilarious. And I'll go back to the, the guy I was telling you about, Ed Warner, that took over for Tom Herman at Ohio State. He couldn't he couldn't verbalize a play. Not only could he pick a good play or, you know, go with the flow of a game, like he could not right now spit out a football play of his mouth. He couldn't do it. But on game day, this motherfucker had a call sheet the size of the state of California. And wow. Color coordinated. Yeah, and while our quarterback coach is calling the play from the box, this son bitch would put that call sheet over his face <laughs> to make it look like on TV he was calling a play. And it was so bad that 
because you know you there's a microphone you put that paper up there he's be breathing heavy and on the headsets you hear and Ur, urban be like who the fuck is breathing like that who is doing that and i'm looking at him like are you are you gonna say anything it's it's hilarious and i i guess i get it people that haven't been on the other side it's it's just not they're just naive but just because a guy, his title says offensive coordinator and he has a piece of paper with the plays on it doesn't mean he's calling these plays. But why? And either, but how are these guys on ESPN blurting out this dumb shit? Like Mina Kimes, right? She hates my guts. We go at it all the time. I know you made fun of it on the ESPN bitches after me. But <laughs> but like she she's telling us what quarterback should be playing. Like she fucking played the position. And I'm just like, holy fuck. So Garoppolo's shitty, huh, Mina Kimes? Guess what? He's actually the winningest fucking quarterback playing right now, but he's shitty. Like, it, it makes no sense. Like, these people really think they fucking know their shit, and it's like, dude, I got to be fucking, you got to be shitting me. Steven, right. hey, you played Division II black college basketball as a backup point guard, and you're fucking talking about Kobe. Like, shut the fuck up. You're horrible. <laughs> But they get the job, dude, because it's they're yeah. like RG three. Did you see uh, Warren Sapp come out and blast RG three? No, I didn't. See he it. was like, he's like, basically said what I said on my show. I said, you know, I remember him having a book coming out about him being like violated and shit, and oh. under the Daniel Snyder's fucking regime, ironically, yeah. and all of a sudden he stopped coming out with the book, and now he's on fucking. Everything. He's the ESPN. He's the Fox Sports. He's College Game Day. And and Warren Sapp might have been onto something, dude. Like this motherfucker got the fucking bag under the table and was like, "Hey, right. be quiet. Go fucking be the best fucking analyst ever now." Right. It, it's it's hilarious. And I, I I think it's all it's all a show. It's all for entertainment. Like Stephen A. Smith is. I, I don't even can't even say he's popular. I think I think the majority of people hate him, but they watch him because it's like a train wreck, controversy wreck sales. on the highway. He just he has conviction when he talks and he screams. That's all it is. I mean, he fucking said Dwayne Haskins is, was he didn't think he'd make it in the NFL because he's a he he was a mobile quarterback. Dwayne Haskins is the slowest motherfucker. Hey, not mobile at all. <laughs> no, he can't run. But he it's just like so. But if, but if I if I scream it and have conviction, people are like, oh, well, that makes sense. It's a black kid. He must be an athlete. It's like no, he's a terrible athlete. And that's the thing about it. These cats especially a cat like Stephen A or Ryan Clark and these other dudes that have these platforms, they're using it in the worst way. Like you're actually reverse discriminating on your own race by saying, (laughs) by you're giving a black cat a stereotypical fucking uh, analogy and he cannot run. He's slow as fuck with a, with a big arm and a fucking pretty slow delivery, but a big time arm and a big physical kid. Right. Right. Like, he's not a runner. He's not fucking Fields. Like, yeah, the right. fuck. People, they they say shit, man. Listen, I got one more thing to say, man. It's a great conversation. Everybody's blowing this thing up. I appreciate everybody coming in. Um, my boy, he's from Miami, actually. He 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 uh he played at Hialeah. He went to Syracuse and then played for me. Um, he asked, "Do you remember? Um, do you remember uh, Torrance Gibson?" Oh yeah, is oh, that your yeah. kid? So that's the kid you talk about. We talked about the 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 R word earlier. Boy, he was he was one of the most gifted athletes I've ever ever recruited, and it was a massive recruiting win for us over Auburn, Tennessee, everyone in the country. He was at American Heritage in Fort Lauderdale, but he's a Miami kid. Not nothing at home. I mean, no no guidance, nothing. The kid was all over the place. But he came in. I mean, he was he came in as a quarterback, but he ended up moving to receiver because he didn't honestly 
I don't think he had the mental fortitude to, to play quarterback at a high level, but an absolute freak show. Joker Phillips used to walk around the, the office and he called him a walking millionaire. He's like, kid, I don't know much, but you're a walking millionaire. Damn. That's how gifted he was. But he got caught up. He got caught up. There was a tutor who was pursuing him. He had a girlfriend that was on a volleyball team, obviously not a faithful guy, but this tutor was pursuing him and he hit it once or twice and then didn't want to hit it again. And this girl was blowing him up nonstop. And then he kind of had to like end it in a, in a very stern fashion. And then a week later, this tutor goes to the academic support people and was like, Hey, I can't work here anymore. Torrance Gibson sexually harassing me. Oh, They're like what? Like, and they got, they had the texts, they had everything showing this girl at two 30 in the morning. Like, let me come to your dorm. Let me come to all of the, all of it. So he didn't get charged with anything, but the university put him on a one month probation. So he, he couldn't go to Ohio state for a month. And so we had, it was so fucked up. We had him set up with a job. He was like a janitor at some building. Didn't really have to do shit just cause he had to, he, he had to make money to pay bills cause we couldn't have him on scholarship for a semester and ended up. He got pissed by the end of it and transferred to Cincinnati and then went to a JUCO, I think, and then ended up, I mean, I think he's playing like arena football now, but one of the most talented kids I've, you know, I ever brought in and some chick got him, got him caught up on some bullshit too. Dude, it happens all the time. And the Title IX shit, you know, the Title IX thing just fucking was, was not put in place for these type of things. And that has been totally abused. And, like, it's unbelievable. They think Title IX is, like, people don't understand what Title IX is, number one. They all no, think they, they do because they hear it. And then, um, just like the Minnesota kids, you were at Ohio State during this time when I brought the three kids to Indy. Um, the Ray Bufords and all them other worlds that got cracked up for that whole bowl thing with, you know, uh, when they were going to go play Wazoo in that bowl game and they basically were going to sus- not play. They boycotted and all that big news happened. But those kids got clear. The, the, we got all, I had 80 page dossier that I'm reading because, you know, I wouldn't bring a, a kid in if he did. I got a daughter. My boss was a female. Like, I'm like, dude, we're not touching yeah. that it, it, D1 kid. We're, that's one D1 kid we won't touch if you, if you have been arrested or violation of, Anything, domestic violence, rape, or whatever. So we stayed yeah. away from it. But when we found out it was fucking shitty in a, in a raw deal, and there was 21 white baseball players in there hitting it before, and then there's the whole basketball team, and then these kids are attached to the, her room, and then they want to come out and just say, basically, hey, how about every black kid in this room is guilty? And then guess what happens? And then that's when Sarah Spain came on ESPN and blasted me because I came out and was like, oh, really? Is it because they're black or is it because uh, they oh, you yeah. think they did a sexual assault? Because which one is it? Because, by the way, they're, they're suing the University of Minnesota for racial discrimination on top of false yeah. allegations. So, see, they don't know the stories and these people come out and want to be all these fucking assumers. And it's fucked up. And the kid is who gets fucked. It ain't it ain't oh, the yeah. fucking it don't it don't. And then the girl gets caught later and uh, comes out and says, yeah, you know, basically she lied and nothing happens. Like she's smiling about yeah. it. Like you gotta be Nothing. shitting me. Yeah, there's 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 no no accountability. Let me ask no you this, man. We, 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 I want to end. I want to end with this this controversial thing. There's two things. So I I take uh, sometimes I let my members only. So I, this is an idea for you. I charge my members one dollar ninety nine uh, a month, but they can call in and talk to me or the guests at the end towards the end of the shows and shit. Yeah. So they got to yeah, be yeah. a member, so I know they're in the community and solid. So if anyone wants yeah. to call in and talk to Zach, your member, call on in. Alan, you can call in because you're an honorable member. Um, 
Alan played with your guy. That's how he was the one that asked. He played with the kid oh, out, yeah. out in Florida. Yeah, yep. he's from uh, Hialeah, which is right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But sure. you guys want to ask a question? Call on in. But let me get to this question for you. Um, very controversial, obviously. I was going to have Marcellus Wiley on today uh, and get some Wileyism. Uh, we grew up together. Obviously, he's great, great on the show. I think, regardless, I was going to ask him. I'm saying, regardless of color, um, Marcellus calls it like it is. Unlike a Ryan Clark or a fucking Stephen A. Who are just so. They're so blinded by what color you have to be. Like, dude, it's you're you're crippling yourself. Like, fucking get out right. the way. Like, let's call it what it is and let's be real. And that's what Marcellus does. That's why Marcellus don't get along with none of them motherfuckers either. And so, <laughs> but we were going to talk about this too. But let me ask you this. So right now, in this proactive fucking universe we're living in and, and, and everything that's happening, women are now approaching the football realm of coaching, okay? And I get it. I get it. They're coaching. I'm not trying to take away from anything like that. But I don't that doesn't mean I have to agree with it. And that's like right. that's what people don't understand. It's like I'm not hating. I'm trying to break down the differences in between the truth and reality. And you guys can't you can't separate uh, the truth and reality from fucking uh, negativity. People on Twitter, they all think you're being negative. Do you ever do anything positive? I'm sorry that I'm telling you the truth and you're mad at me. That's okay to me. I can still sleep tonight. Right. But I had a, a woman on and I asked her this question. She's a big time CBS uh, woman. And uh, she, I, I said, listen, I don't think it's fair for women to coach football at the Division One or NFL level, and this is why. And I told it, and I broke it down. And, and I said, you know, I just think it's a joke, and it's making women actually look worse um, because there's no equation to girls playing football like there is in basketball. I think women could, can coach in the NBA because there's a WNBA. The sport is the same. Um, there is no same as the NFL. And if women come out and try to talk shit to me about, well, we have lingerie league. Well, now you're really slapping yourself in the face even worse. <laughs> like, that is a joke, and guys aren't it's going to fuck, watch man. you we fucking kick fuck. step. Yeah, we're not going to watch you kick step and fucking uh, 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 left tackle, girl. So, um, what do you think, man? Because, I, I mean... I'm all for this is why I'm mad though, coach. I'm not mad, it's because it's the woman. I'm not I'm the least fucking sexist person there is. We have women in this chat right now that can tell you that. I my thing is I think they are taking away from cats, not like me and you. I don't even want to put us in that category. From cats that me and you know who are young grinders grinding it out every day, who are getting passed by for this movement we are in which is a laughing stock and we're losing good coaches to possibly help turn boys into men. And instead we want to be a fucking uh, spectacle on a, 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 on a commercial because we have a girl coaching now, like the girl's going to really be yelling at fucking uh, Willie Rofe to fucking get the three technique ripped and ran over. Like, come on, dude, like get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to go sell makeup at Macy's. And I don't believe I should take a woman's job doing it. But um, what do you think? Like, is it is it? No, I, I'm with you. I mean, it, it's <clears throat> I can't imagine a world where a grown ass football player can look at a woman like jumping him about whatever technique or whatever it is that he just did wrong and him not thinking like the fuck do you know any position, though, any position. Any, yeah, any position. 
because football is the most unique game. And I'm with you. Basketball, sure. You you didn't even have to be a baller. You you played the sport. You know the baseball, sport. Baseball, softball sport. equates. Baseball, softball. Volleyball. Absolutely. But like football's just it's not the one. Right? It's just not the one. It's not. Um, it's not. And, and it, 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 to go even deeper, and this is a, co- a conversation nobody wants to have, but I would say that it's very different for different reasons, but they're giving they're giving jobs to women for equality, right? That's what they, they claim. And like you said, it, it only makes it more unequal because you're just handing girls jobs for no fucking reason. And they're not, they're not prepared for it. They're not going to be, they're not going to excel at it. And God forbid a woman ever becomes a head coach of an NFL team. That would be an epic fucking disaster. You can quote me on it right now, but the other, the other side of this, and, and they're, they're, they're taking this page out of the playbook from what was, what is, and was a real issue was minority coaches in college football and pro football. And my problem with how they address it is there is this, number i don't even know what it is but you have to have x amount of black coaches on your staff right the problem is there's such a a precedent set on hiring a black guy that they don't hire the best coach black or white or whatever i've seen so many like really really good minority coaches that don't get opportunities because there's another minority coach who's fucking awful on staff and it's like wait a minute now this guy's getting all these jobs because he's a black guy this guy right here is outstanding. Why is he not getting the job? Because they're same reason. They're, they're placing the value on a guy because he's black or that we need a woman on staff. The fuck you mean? It, who like is she the best candidate? Then give it to her. This is the thing, too. I believe it's all fluff. I believe the women, the yeah. woman movement right now to coach in the league or in Division One is to not hire more black coaches. That is why yeah, they're hey. doing it. It ain't no about doubt. women. They're doing it to keep more black coaches actually out of it and use this as the equality measure and the equality equation. Oh, no, we, we hired a woman. We don't have to hire a black coach. It, it falls under the Rooney rule, right? So right. I think it's even more of a slap in the face, not only to the women, but to the black coach now. And that's like, yeah. hold up. Now we're passing by good brothers, young brothers who... Number one, there's, there's, by the way, six out of every eight college and NFL players are black, but six out of eight, every coaches are white. I'm going to tell you what, if I was an Asian dude, I'd be fucking throwing a fit right now. Hey, it's like, I'd be trying to get like, in. I'd be trying to get oh, in as an Asian dude. I'm going to coach at Ohio State. I'll be, you might be the next yeah. fucking head coach if you get in the motherfucker right now. I'm having my lawyer write Gene Smith a letter like, you have no Asian minorities on your staff. <laughs> Bitch, create me a job. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Hey, what's your, uh, who's your top, uh, who's your, who's the number, who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I, I got to go Joe Burrow. I, and I know he's not hey, I'm the right best with you, quarterback dog. in the I'm NFL right yet, but he's, he just played so well last year. And what he did at LSU, I just think he, this, this next year, I think he's going to be stupid. And that. They've made some moves to try to because we all know he. I mean that kid. That kid was like Justin Fields, just had no help on on the line at all. But he was unbelievable. I I uh, I, I put man. I, I I said he's number one in the AFC. I came out last year. I I actually the only one I know of. I should have bet way more money. But I picked, before the season, I picked the Bengals to play the Rams and the Rams winning. Um, it was no ironic. Shit. It's it's all on record too. I had to prove it, but. Um, I, I don't think they go back to the Super Bowl this year. I think I don't know if Joe's going to hit the sophomore slumps, but I think the team will. Um, yeah. Even though they've gotten better, I think. But I think Cincinnati's going to be around for a while now, though. Um, 
But let, I think he's right there. I put him behind uh, Aaron and Tom only because of what yeah. they've accomplished right now. And I think yeah. he's got that it factor, and I think he surpassed Mahomes and Herbert and those guys because of where he got. Uh, he beat those guys head-to-head, and people don't talk about it, but when you coach this long like we have, people that never coach in their life who cannot produce a resume for us on Twitter – that is my that is my new criteria. You have to show me a resume if you want to have a fuck conversation, or I block your bitch ass. So um, they all come out. You crazy for me? No way, Burrow's better than. Da, 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 da. So anyway, I'm telling all these people in here. When when you coach as long as us, we see it and know what it is, right? It. Yeah. And we yeah. know Burrow has it. Like period. Like I know I've known Burrow's dad for a long time. I recruited fucking uh, Solich's Ohio. I've helped out Solich and get sent kids to him forever. Burrow's dad was with him for a long time. Um, I got to know him. He's a coach's dad, a son. He's a fucking comes from a pedigree. Did you recruit him too? No, I didn't. Tom Herman recruited him. Oh, and did he? He was, he was kind of Tom Herman. Like Urban didn't really want him. Thought he was just like an average quarterback, Ohio kid. And Tom pounded the table for him. He, I mean, he he was down there in Athens. But he know, was with you there, him. huh? Oh yeah. How is he? How is he? Awesome. Is he? Yeah. He's the guy you want him to be as a quarterback. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I, and just fucking just a dude i mean just yeah, a grown that's ass it. man. the and, presence and when he, he walks in the room right yeah oh yeah and he he got he he got so much better when joe brady went to lsu so i, I we saw flashes where you're like this kid has a chance but he was not a great player at ohio state and he wasn't a great player his first year at lsu All right it was that second year with joe brady he 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 just fucking blossomed. By the way, people and, don't realize that team might have been one of the most loaded college teams oh, ever, too. They're right up there with oh, your great teams, USC's great teams, or Alabama's yeah. great teams. They're right up there with those teams historically. Um, oh, yeah. So, it's you know, um, how do you compare JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller, and um, Dwayne? All very different players. I mean, Braxton was one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. He he not only was he, he was a d- dynamic athlete, everyone saw that, but he's a really intelligent football player and his arm talent was crazy because he didn't know football very well like the offense or defenses because he could get away with so much. Yeah. yeah. Of just seeing a window, seeing something flash and having the arm talent to get the ball where it needed to go. And he, like you talk about progressions and shit like that. He would not go through progressions. Like he you, you could watch the stripe of his helmet and he didn't he didn't do what he was coached to do, but it wasn't it, he wasn't smart. He's smart as shit. He just he knew he didn't have to. <laughs> but uh so he was he was honestly generational until he got hurt. And then he was obviously a, a good athlete playing receiver, but his value was at quarterback for sure. Cardale was different. Cardale had a great arm and knew it and he would do stupid shit. I mean, he, he was the most careless quarterback we ever had. Like he would, he would, you throw something stupid, simple, let's just call it curl flat. And he would try to throw the curl over the curl flat defender and throw an interception. And he's smart as shit. You're like, Cardale, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, damn, I thought I could get it over him. Oh, You're like, fuck. bitch, throw the flat route. Like, what are you doing? The alley backers sinking and he's still trying to fit yeah, the bitch like, in. And and he knew he wasn't supposed to throw it there, but he's like, damn, I thought I could fit it in. And then JT was polar opposite of those two. I mean, not didn't have the arm talent, was, you know, an overachiever, but you talk about grown-ass man. I mean, he's a redshirt freshman in there talking to the offense before a game, and coaches are like, holy shit. 
like like you say, he's like similar to Joe Burrow, coach's kid. Fucking, he reminded me of like what a Navy SEAL is like. You know what I mean? Just badass. So he was great. And then Haskins was totally different than all of them. I mean, he was not very. I, I won't say he wasn't competitive, but he was cool. He was like CJ Stroud a little bit, uh, just like laid back, he was chilling. He was chilling. Now he, if he had to, he get pissed and get competitive. But he, he was so talented throwing the ball that he was just trying to play video games back there, just dice people up. Nah, yeah, that's crazy. That there's a, a lot of action in, in his chat, man. What? Before I let you get out of here, there, there, these people are blowing me up. What? How would you answer? Uh, somebody came on and, and just talked about is. I don't think it is now, but maybe when we played. Do you think steroids or enhancements are a big thing in college football? No, I don't think so. I don't either. I, mean, it, I don't either. I mean, I don't. And I think the injury risk is is too high. And with how good the strength and conditioning programs are, and legal supplements and all that, I mean, it's these kids are. I mean, you look at players at Ohio State or Alabama I mean, they look like fucking genetic freaks yeah, without yeah. steroids like yeah. why risk it yeah I never I, I've been around in my whole life dude I'm gonna be honest like the steroid people that I knew back in like the early 90s or whatever they were the shitty garbage players yeah like, right and they were shitty and you knew because they were shitty and they had little ass legs and then their fucking yeah. bodies just went like this up top and then yeah. you're like and yeah. you're stiff as a porn dick and you're like yep. dude you're fucking horrible we know you're on roids but the dudes I don't gotta take no fucking steroids, man. It's like a lot of people think it's all steroids. I'm like, dude, there's no fucking steroids. So I mean, hey, did, did uh, a lot of people are asking? Did, do you think Coach uh, Alfred? Are you cool with Coach Tony Alfred? Oh yeah. Do you think he got fucked out of the Colorado State gig? Oh, I know for a fact he did. Steve that, or Urban Meyer fucked him out of it because really? they 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 hired Urban as a consultant and and they were they were high on Tony and he. He just came out and was like, absolutely not. You need to hire Steve Adazio, who's like his best friend. Uh, yeah, yeah. And in the process, I don't know how much he badmouthed Tony, but he made he made a strong case Flipped to hire it. his buddy. And now people at Colorado State are like, oh, well, Urban kind of said Tony's not that good. It's like, motherfucker, this asshole. And I know he's legit as hell. Hell yeah. I already know. That's how it's fucking tall. Yeah. You can't go to an AFCA convention and Urban not be with Adazio. No. Oh, they're I mean, fucking, they they've got to be butthole buddies. Like, they got to be fucking. Thick as thieves. You would think that motherfucker was grabbing Adazio's ass in that bar. <laughs> he probably, he probably would. <laughs> hey, man, I, man, it's been a hell of a time, man. We got to get you back on, man. And like I said, you know me, I'll come on yours anytime and, uh, and, and we'll chop it up, man. And, uh, I got to get your, everybody going over to, uh, Zach, Coach Zach Smith's, uh, YouTube. Uh, Menace to Sports on Twitter and Instagram and uh, YouTube as well. So you see it back behind him right there, Menace to Sports Podcast. So support this man. He does a hell of a job. And, uh, man, I appreciate you, man. Uh, I don't know if you had any questions or anything, but, uh, man, I appreciate it. Uh, I got to leave with the one. I always do a top five of my show. Um, I don't know if you can spit it off the top for the fans, but I just gave my top five cereals. Christian, show my top five cereal real quick. We got to get Coach Smith's top five cereal. There's mine. Okay. Damn, that's a good list. <laughs> so I, I, I'm gonna have to. So my number one has got to be cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I love cinnamon toast crunch. I'm with you on Lucky Charms, Cookie Crisp, Honey Nut Cheerios, and then I'm gonna throw in. You know what? I, I really like that peanut butter crunch, the Captain Crunch peanut butter crunch. Oh man, you know what? I don't think I've ever had that shit. Oh, it's good. Really. 
Yeah, it's good. Do you, do you, are you like me? Do you throw anything on it? No, just milk. See, I throw, I throw, I cut up bananas on my cereal, man. I like that shit. Yeah, so if I have like something more plain, like, like brand or something, or, yeah, 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 I'll yeah. do that. I'll put, I'll put bananas in it or something like that. But some of these, you know, I, my, I got four kids. They got all kinds of cereal with sugar and marshmallows and shit. Like I'm not adding <laughs> more to that. It's already fucking loaded. Uh, where you at? Are you in Columbus? Yep. Oh, you are. Now, are you from Columbus? Yep. Oh, you from? You're born and raised and everything. Born and raised. Man, I, I was gone for. That's lovely, like 10, then. That's lovely to be years. right there. That had to be a dream, though, coaching at home oh. your whole life. Yeah, it was nuts. And for you to say, good. "I'm fine without it," tells you tells the people in this chat and everyone listening that is where we are in this game right now. That is what it's become. Yep. Unfortunate, man. Hey, I wish the best for you, brother, and everything else, man. Like I said, and let's uh, let's talk some, man. Let's chop it up and, yeah. and see what happens and move on. Anytime, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you, brother. Holla at you later. All right. I'll, all right, I'll see you. Peace. Appreciate my main man, Zach Smith, coming on. Um, great, great, great guest. Um, see, he goes, he, he can, he comes along, uh, we can get along a lot better because he talks and says real shit where you get a lot of people that just won't tell you the real. He just told you inside information that you'll never get from anywhere else in the country. So if you're a college football fanatic or a college football fan or, or want to know anything about those things, that's, you just got the best of the best. So make sure you get my man a follow, hit him up, follow him up. He got a lot. Of, he got a bad rep like I do, man. And people don't know if you know the truth, then you would understand. But, um, hey, man, people make shit up to feel better. He, he gave some inside information that you will not get anywhere else in the country, though, um, especially telling you that another head coach gave his former ex-wife money to fucking sue him. Got to be unbelievable. Um, but anyway, uh, great, great go. We got a lot to still cover. Um, fuck, I didn't know we had him on for an hour and a half almost. Um, great, great guests. I got a few things still to discover, uh, talk about. So we're going to get into that. Um, I'm going to give you into my last few wraps, but I'm going to take a piss break real quick. Let the dogs out and, uh, Hey man, hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today and not be a slap dick. Please don't be a slap dick. And we're going to talk about some DJ Jazzy Jeff, I wanted to see the interview about talking about Will Smith. I'm also going to show you an Austin cop who had to kill a man for pulling a gun on him. Where are we at in America, and how are we headed? Um, I'll see you back here in four minutes. Peace. So here's my top five fucking of all time. Tony Gonzalez is the premier tight end in my generation. Not only did we play against each other in high school, growing up together, his old his older brother was actually one of my JUCO tight ends. His name is Chris Gonzalez, by the way. Went to Huntington Beach High School. Grew up right up the street. We played together in the we actually played each other in high school twice. Um, he also played basketball when I for his high school. We were obviously the number one team in the country in basketball. He was a great basketball player as well. Played at Cal Berkeley with Jason Kidd. Um, Tremaine Folks, another good friend of mine, he was on that squad. Uh, Ed Gray, another L.A. kid. That Cal team was great. I think they lost in the Elite Eight. 
uh, to Duke, I want to say, or North Carolina. But that, that Cal team was really good. Tony Gonzalez was a problem in college basketball. Could have played in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he would have ever had the same career, obviously. He would have just been a big, bulky power forward in the, in the NBA. You know, he's 6'6". Uh, probably could, you know, at that time. Um, but he was a great inline blocker. He was a great pass receiver and catcher. He always, and also was, uh, he did a lot of things that tight ends at that time were not willing to do. Um, but Tony was a all around tight end who holds most records and he played longer that's one of the reasons I cannot put Gronk in there. I do think Gronk is probably the most talented tight end to play the game, but I don't put him there because I think he's played 11 years. He's only 33 years old, and I don't think you can put him as the best already. I think he scored in three of his four Super Bowl victories. Um. But anyway, Ozzie Newsom is my number two tight end. Ozzie Newsom redefined the position. He is what the Antonio Gates of the world, the Shannon Sharps, all those guys became later. Ozzie Newsom, also a friend of mine who who was the player personnel of the Baltimore Ravens for a long time, a guy named Art Perkins who played running back for the San Diego Chargers, L.A. Rams, actually was a Compton College alum who was a coach at Compton College who coached my coach, who also allowed me to come into OTAs and minicamp with the Ravens way back for a couple days. Art Perkins is a great guy. Learned from Ozzie Newsom. Uh, played in that era. Ozzie Newsom was a different human. People don't realize that. Everyone wants to talk about the firemen and the plumbers and shit. The JJ Reddit quote, which will okay, well, how's that going now? <laughs> now that all these old school motherfuckers have came out and showed you that you fucking bitch made motherfuckers could never even have played in our era. A little less fucking played every game in our era. But anyway, Ozzie Newsom, I think, deserves a lot of fucking credit for what he did um, as a Colt, as a Brown. Uh, you know, he was original fucking vertical threat tight end that you did not see. Everybody was inline tight ends at the time. So Ozzie Newsom's one of my fa- uh, set number two. I put Gronk at three. I put Gronk at three. Um like I said, I've already talked about Gronk, so I put him, that's where I put him. Shannon Sharp is four. I think Shannon Sharp redefined the athleticism of the position. I believe he was one of the fastest tight ends. His brother was one of the, Sterling Sharp was a freak of nature. A lot of cats don't know that Sterling was possibly a top five receiver of all time who had his career cut short because of a major neck injury. Sterling Sharp was a freak. You can ask Brett Favre that one. You can ask a lot of people that one. Um, but anyway, I got Shannon Sharp at four, and then I got Kellen Winslow Sr. at five. And Kellen was a freak, by the way. His son was a stud. He's also a pedophile. Told people today uh, that don't know, I said, man, I think the Josh Avery story is going to be the best one yet. And they're like, what? Who? We don't even know Josh. I want to show you the beginning. I want you to look at this bitch's feet. Please look at this, or not this bitch, this dude's feet. What reaction do you have toward other folks who feel that you, know, you shouldn't be able to compete? I, I disagree. Trans women competing. 
I want you to see his feet because do you see how fucking big they are? What reaction do you have? size 15 it's like the girls are having to race against a fucking dolphin the girls are racing against a dolphin homie like that motherfucker has the my size feet he has my size feet which may lead to him having a 12 inch around dick on google i don't know but Shout out to fucking uh, John Brewer getting back in. But, dog, she has a size fucking 15 foot. What reaction do you have toward other? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That was funny. Um, Appreciate everybody coming in. I had to go take the dogs out and do all that. Shout out to Zach Smith uh, coming on the show today on this Fearless Friday. We took no fear on this Friday. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today. Shout out to everybody that has or anyone that's donated. Appreciate you guys. Um, We're about 16 minutes away from Hector joining the show and giving out his bets, best bets and betting advice for everyone out there who's a better so stay tuned for that here in about 16 minutes. Um, or in about 26 minutes, I'm sorry. Um, so I got 26 minutes with you guys to get it, to break down some shit for you, okay? Um, I want to break down some real shit for you real quick, all right? We had a 60-person brawl on a ship after a threesome disagreement, all right? There was a disagreement after a threesome, Okay? And I have to ask you a new poll question, okay? What was the disagreement about, Lucy? What do you think the threesome disagreement could have been about for 60 people to start a brawl on a cruise ship? I have my own thoughts on this, okay? I have my own thoughts on this thing. Here's what I have to think. This is what I think. I think that one of the strangers in the threesome deal, in this whole big old orgy they were having on a boat, right? One of the strangers, I think, fingered the booty hole of one of the wives that was in this fucking threesome. I think... That her booty got touched, A, or he, one of the guys busted on a girl's face or something, or C, tried to put it in the ass? I don't know. I'm curious as to why that would have happened. Mark C says one of them maybe turned out to be trans. Maybe one of the girls whipped out a bigger dick than what he had. 
I don't know. I would I would love to try to get one of those guys on the show. I'm going to try to find out who they are on social media. I'm going to try to get one of the people in the fight on the show, see what really cracked and what happened. Um, but uh, very interesting, very interesting that we're brawling on boats. Why is fighting in the public at an all-time high? Why is fighting now so... Is it is it more than it's ever been or is it just broadcasted more because it's convenient and we have a cell phone at our fingertips at all times and we're filming it more? Is it more now than it was back in the day? I say it is more. I think it is more. I think that there's more disrespectful punk kids out here and even though we may have had a lot of issues back in the day, we surely weren't disrespectful like we are today. And I have to equate that to being one of the problems, one of the main problems. You don't, you never seen, you never saw any young kid, black, white, Mexican, brown, I don't give a fuck what color, disrespect not only their own race, but an older person in their race or out of their race for that matter. We see that more than we've ever seen. Of course, we know there's filming going on more than we ever had. But you never saw a young kid disrespect the older person. Now that is the thing. That is the thing. And we're seeing more public fights, more weirdo shit. Um, leading into this, I have to show you, this is what's going on lately. I showed you a video on social media a couple weeks ago where a motherfucker pulled up on a cop, came out with an axe, and the cop smoked him. Well, in Austin, Texas yesterday, this occurred, and this person pulled up on a cop with a knife. And again, why are we bringing knives to a gunfight? Um, if Christian's there, he can pull this video up. It's in Austin, Texas of a cop. If you haven't seen this. Drop it. I have less signal. No, no. They got impacting, impacting. No. Drop the knife. No. Drop the knife. Where's the alarm up? Shots fired, one down. Stay GMS. Stay down, stay down. Hey, roll over, roll over. Everyone stay on the same line. Stay on the same line. Roll over, roll over. Get up that pizza order. Get up that pizza Stay down, stay down. Stay down. Okay, come on this side so we're not crossfire. Hey, Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. I mean, dog. So I took one thing out of that. I took one thing out of that where you may not take it. As a leader and as a coach of younger people and having people underneath you, when you're sitting in this chair, yeah, those were real bullets, by the way. Uh, they killed them at the end. Um, when you're sitting in this chair, you are accountable for everyone out there. 
not only the person they killed, but your people. And if you did not listen to the guy running the show with the shotgun from the camera angle, if you noticed, what did he tell him? What did he tell his crew? Get the fuck out of the way. Get on this side so we're not cross-firing. He impressed me. In the heat of battle, literally, he's calm enough and cool-headed to tell his folks, watch out for crossfire. Get your fucking asses over here. That is an it factor thing. We don't have a lot of that no more, man. I'm just telling you, we don't have a lot of good leaders anymore. And I took that out of that whole thing more than I took, well, the crazy fuck with a knife on fucking crack and on flocka and all the shit you call it, say it is. That is the normal. That's the norm now. We see this every fucking day. What you don't see are leaders creating more leaders and not more followers. This is the norm now, the crazy weirdo fuck bringing a gun or a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> like ignorance is life-threatening, people. That is fucking ignorant at its finest. You just witnessed that. And unfortunate, man, unfortunate situations that were out there. But you guys wanted to fund police. I'm not for the defunding the police. I don't believe that all police are good, but I don't believe all humans are good. And I don't believe all firefighters are good and all teachers are good and all coaches are good and all humans are good. So we're all fucked up in each way. But there's good cops out there, too. And there's good teachers. There's good coaches. and There's good humans. You can't just defund something because people don't realize cops aren't here to fucking serve and protect. They're here to serve your phone call. They're not going to be every fucking where in America where you are protecting you at all costs. There's not 600 million cops out there, you fucking idiot. So please understand, everyone that wants to talk shit, go do their job then, homie. Go fucking be a cop. I want to see you be a cop and deal with your fucking shitty, dumb fucking ass. I want to see you deal with your fucking dumb ass. That's what I want to see. The dumb fucks that are out there talking is who I want to see you deal with. That's the problem. Um, Deshaun Watson, I've come out and said I don't believe he's going to play this year. I think uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter there. I just said it was Zach. Um, pull up the Deshaun Watson thing here. Um, Jason Canflora came out and said, I don't know if Deshaun Watson will ever play for the Cleveland Browns. I've been saying this for how long? How long have I been saying this? I've been saying this for a long, long time. And I just don't see it. I don't see it, but who knows, man. There's been crazier things out there that has happened. I just don't see it happening. Um, this is something that we're seeing more and more of. The guy with the knife running after cops with guns. The guy with the axe running up on cops with guns. We're seeing that more and more. What we also are seeing more and more of is grown men... Professional millionaires at that continue to put their hands on women. And Miles Bridges' wife came out, released this, because it's unfortunate that girls come out and that are telling the truth and say that this man's beating me, etc., etc. And then people bash her for saying, you're just trying to get money, you're lying. It goes both ways, right? It goes both ways. But look at this video 
that Miles Bridges and his wife's son came out and did. Um, let's show the video. What? Daddy, daddy, daddy choked mommy. Daddy choked mommy? Why? Because he, he we needed to fight together. Well, what did you do? As I smacked him and daddy doesn't be nice. You hit him and told him to be nice? What, what did he do that for, though? They were the fighting each other. Where, where's your mommy's phone? It's in the window. He throwed it out the window? Yeah, daddy did it. He threw her phone out the window? Where'd he put her shoes? Throw it out the window. Oh my gosh, why? Because he, he wasn't being nice. It's I smack him though. Yeah, that's not very nice. You have to be nice to people. That that's just crazy, man. Like these dudes are continuing to put their hands on girls, and it's just the biggest bitch made fucking cat that you could possibly be in this world, in my opinion. You're the biggest bitch made motherfucker if you continue to put your hands on females. Um Yeah, like Alan said, you know. Alan hopes that this all this posting is happening and Miles Bridges comes back and is even more aggressive. I mean, he'd be a fucking idiot. Um, his, his career would be over. But at the same time, this is a perfect example of... This is a perfect example to me of let's castrate this motherfucker right now. Let's end it. And I'm not talking literal castration like the show I want to drop. But I want to... Put it in context. This needs to be a done, sis, a one and done. You just hit a woman. She's got fucking clear physical abuse done to her harm. You're done. No more NBA for you. You're done. Let's set the tone now for the next fucking person so we can stop this shit. They did it with Ray Rice out of just because it was such a vulgar video. But then Tyreek Hill didn't have it. Um, this other people didn't have it. You know, there's been so many different folks that didn't have it. Anthony, I smell your breath too because my balls are on your jaws. <laughs> so thanks. It's always the trolls that come in late, like because they don't have nothing to do. They just got off work. Anthony just got out of his uh, Uber job where he had to put in eighty dollars in gas today, and he only made forty dollars back. So he's mad as fuck at life. So he made an account, came on my show, and now he wants to talk. <laughs> that is what the people in this chat do. That's what these fucking bottom feeders do. It's unbelievable to me. Um, it's going crazy, man. It's going crazy. I don't know what's going on. Um any criminal charge of hitting a woman in specific, like specifically hitting a woman, uh, Brad, I believe you're gone. You should be gone. And let's set the tone and we may stop it. We may have a better fucking NFL and NBA and, and all and professional sports where the kids by majority are looking up to you. We're looking up to you, kids. And that's the crazy part about it. Um, 
Why are so many fucks putting hands on women? I have to ask that question. I don't know why. Lucy, you're a social worker. I would love to hear your take on this. Um, why are so many men? I have my own take, Lucy. I'll give you my take, Lucy. I would love for you to type in your take since you're scared to call in. I'm just kidding. Um, I call it small dick syndrome. I've been saying it. I've been saying small dick syndrome for a long time. I think it's, it's, it's really settling in now more than ever. Uh, I think insecurity, the beta, we got a bunch of beta males out here because the feminists have created this aura around men and have been talking about men in such a way where men, the alpha male, is no longer here. The alpha male is gone. The alpha male has disappeared in front of our very eyes and... This is a direct correlation of the LGBTQ movement, the feminist movement, and this is my take. This is why you're seeing more insecure males hit females at an all-time alarming rate. Small dick syndrome has hit harder than ever, um, and I truly believe... That we are in this movement where we're trying to eliminate alpha males. Man, that's just my truth. That's just my um, that's my true take on this deal. That's why I think you see the insecure male, the small dick syndrome male, hitting females at an all-time rate. That's what I, I see. Um, having said that, I want to bring in... I want to talk about Will Smith a, a, a little bit, even though I know he got killed over and over and over in the media. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff came out and did a podcast, if you haven't seen it, and he basically said Will Smith would have slapped Hulk Hogan, Sylvester Stallone, Mike Tyson, you name it. Will Smith would have slapped anyone, contrary to belief. Take a listen to Jazzy Jeff and, here. And I saw him walk up there. The one thing that I will say... Because I've had people like, oh, he wouldn't have did that to no gangster. Oh, he wouldn't have did. Let me let you know something about Will. Will is somebody that cliff dove in Jamaica and couldn't swim. Will was the person that whatever he's afraid of, he runs to. I ain't got that in me. I don't have that in me at all. And I've watched him do. I've watched Will almost die numerous of times running straight. Will would have slapped Mike Tyson. It did not matter who was there. Will would have got his ass beat, but he was going to do what he was going to do regardless of who it was. Wow. That's not. It wasn't for fake. It wasn't for show. It wasn't. It was. You understand I where it came from. I have to protect. Yeah. I got to protect. If that was a grizzly bear, he would have did it. I know him. Yeah. Christian wants to know why he didn't slap his wife's boyfriend. Well, I've heard stories from some folks that I know in the business, in this, in this uh, profession, that he went after the boyfriend and tried to kill the motherfucker. Now, that's a story that I've heard off the record. So, how do you know, Christian Manzi? See, that's the problem. We got guys that come out and don't know the business. I, I don't want to say I know everything either. Um, but I want to make sure you understand when you talk to people that I know, like the Michael Rappaports of the world that are in this profession that knows will and knows certain people and see pictures and videos that none of you will ever see. 
I would have to put myself in a fucking category that knows more than you. And I know for a fact he did go after him. I know for a fact they're fucking also, they're, they're weird and they do their own thing. But you know what? He motherfucker loves her for some fucking reason. He loves the shit out of her, right? And I don't know, man. Everyone has their own take on it. But nobody really knows the fucking truth because nobody here knows the motherfucker or lives with them. So, <laughs> like, miss me with all the allegations and assumptions. Assumptions are like assholes. We all have them. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know. But prioritize. We're still priorities are so fucked up. Our priorities are so fucked up. We talk about Ukraine more than anybody. We talked about uh, Johnny Depp more than anything. All this does is takes away from the cows were slaughtering on a daily basis. So the fucking meat prices go up and it takes away from what's happening in real life. And if you haven't seen this video, I warn you, you, some of you may not like it. Um, you should leave the show, but I'm going to ruin, uh, this is a basically, Worse than fucking Germany in the fucking Nazi era. Take a look at this Moroccan town here. Uh, I'm going to show you. I don't want to show you more than that. It's a long video. I have the whole thing. But that's happening right outside of Morocco. All black folks, by the way, all black, or at least they're black skin folks, right? They're being murdered and thrown on top of each other. Have you seen anything like that in modern day? That is fucking Holocaust shit. And I haven't seen one piece of news on that. Have you? Have you seen one fucking piece of news on that? But we'll talk about Johnny Depp till the fucking cows come home. We'll talk about fucking Ukraine and $100 billion we keep giving them motherfuckers. We'll talk about every fucking thing. Let's talk about, let's take a video of a motherfucking Chucky in the fucking train station and biting a fucking lady's foot. But let's not show what's really going on in the world. And a bunch of fucking African fucking populated people are being slaughtered like fucking chickens in a fucking 2022. We don't talk about it though, dog. We got fucking horrible fucking meat. We have horrible prioritization. We don't prioritize anything. The media is too scared to show the real shit. We don't want to show real shit. We're scared to show real shit. There's a, I, I posted a tweet. I re, I, re, I redid a tweet. Um, somebody posted a deal. Why haven't we seen any of the people that were either accused or arrested in the Epstein deal? Oh, girl took 20 years. She got 20 years, right? Less, year, less years than R. Kelly, by the way. But why haven't we seen any of the pe people that were accused or caught in this Epstein thing? Has anyone thought about it? <clears throat> Because we don't want us, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You know why you don't want to know? Because they're your friends. They're your favorite actors. They're your best favorite politician. They're your favorite comedians. They're your favorite entertainers in the world. That is why you don't know who they are. That's the truth. 
Because there's great evidence out there. Not only has Bill Clinton been on those fucking islands, but so has Chris Tucker, Russell Simmons. Naomi Campbell was the trafficker herself. A black supermodel was bringing these kids on Epstein Island in mass quantities. Nobody talks about it. Nobody wants to bring that shit up. So... I don't even know what what you're talking about, Paco. What is the CERN? Kern? What does that mean? What's your opinion of CERN? You should check it out. I have no idea. I've never heard of it. I don't even know what that means. I don't know if you're selling spelling it right. Kern? CERN? I don't know what you're saying. I don't know anything about it. Um, I have a funny feeling. I have a funny feeling in right now. For some reason, I get these vibes. I get these vibes. Trump was there. I try to tell people that Trump was there like a motherfucker. What do you mean? People don't want to talk about that shit. Oh, I, I, I brought the Adams deal. I put it on. I have the Adams deal. I don't know much about the Adams thing. So I know it's in uh, Italy and shit. Uh, apparently, I don't know much about it, so I didn't want to talk about it today. We were going to talk about it on the show, but I didn't. I turned it down because I didn't read into it, and I don't want to make an ass of myself. So I don't know anything about this whole Ash, Adam Cern Kern thing. So, um, I don't know nothing about it, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I have no fucking idea. It doesn't make me any money. It doesn't lose me any money that I know of yet. Uh, it hasn't killed me or anyone that I know yet. So if fucking none of that happens and I don't really look into a lot of that shit. Um, but I have this vibe every so often I get this vibe and I'm pretty right about it and I don't know how to explain it. Like it's, it's like when I pick quarterbacks and who's a bust and who's good. By the way, Zach Smith said Dwayne Haskins is a bust. Did he not? Oh, my bad. He coached him, by the way. I don't think he would fucking was bashing the dead any, either. I just think Zach's real and, uh, and recognizes he would. T- he said that Dwayne would have told you he was a bust. But, of course, I'm wrong, right? I'm the asshole. But anyway, let's break. Down. Oh, I had a USA Today reporter come after me the other day because I said he was dead uh, on my top 25 list. And by the way, USA Today makes up nothing but lies and lives off, lives behind the protection of the media rights. And they make up nothing but lies. Um, I actually caught one in lying and blasted him and he got fired. But listen, let me break this down. The vibe that I get every so often is when I pick something that's correct. Okay. I have a vibe, and I hate to tell you this vibe. I don't want to tell you this vibe. I don't want to give you this vibe because I don't want this vibe to really happen. But I have a gut instinct feeling it is going to happen. I think the Lakers are going to get KD and Kyrie. And I just, I see it happening. And I don't don't want it to happen. I wouldn't mind taking KD. He's a bitch made cat, but he's not as big of a bitch made cat as Kyrie. Kyrie is a cunt. I, I, I don't want nothing to do with Kyrie. But I just have this gut instinct, this Nostradamus in me that the Lakers are going to get fucking KD and Kyrie. And I don't believe anybody can handle it. I I can't. I don't want to see it. I don't want to handle it. And I told you I wouldn't be a Laker fan with Kyrie. You know, I I root for the Lakers organization because I love the Lakers. I grew up a Laker fan. But I could not imagine watching Kyrie in a Laker uniform, especially after Kobe. Especially after Kobe wore it for so long. My favorite player. And then Magic and Kareem and Worthy and Cooper and fucking A.C. Green. All the greats that's come out of the shack and everybody. 
I don't want to see Kyrie there. I have a feeling Kyrie and KD are going to end up with LeBron. And uh, now I haven't thought about it enough. If it happens, then I'll discuss can they win a title or not. Or will it be the biggest flopping bust in the world's history? <laughs> We're going to get into that. But let's get the uh, chat over to Hector. Christian, um, Hector's, it's Hector time. It's scared money don't make money time. Um, here on the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later podcast. And uh, Hector's going to come on with us. We're going to talk about the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later show as we talk scared money don't make no money and uh we're gonna talk about a lot of this shit and and get after it you see our little graphic back there scared money don't make no money and uh hector's gonna join us here in one minute um i know he's getting ready and i gotta change something real quick um lucy what's up with her What's up with her, Lucy? I got to know what's up with her first. I, I, I got to know what's going on with her still. Is she real deal or what's going on? Um, I have not yet got to Google her yet to see um, her yet. So hopefully um, I can do that soon. I will do that soon. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know how to, I don't know what to take out of that, Lucy. I need to see her. I want to see her, and uh, we'll see what's going on. But anyway, no f- further ado, we're in the scared money don't make no money segment of this show. And Hector, I want to, jo- I want everyone to welcome in my main man Hector. Shout out to Hector. Hector's Yo, Hector's a loyal Thanks for having member. me on, from- Coach. Hey, man, Hector, I, I want to let everyone know Hector's been loyal. He's been in the community. He's been really, really, he's a very smart, articulate guy who's came in. And, uh, hey, man, every day is an interview. I tell people all the time, every single day is an interview. And uh, Wido and Hector impressed me enough to be in that genre of, hey, man, it'd be intriguing to have some guys on the show and make it a little better or whatever we could do to make the show better. So, I, I, Hector... He, he spent all week working on his fucking office display and everything. Mics, speakers, he's done it all, man. So shout out to Hector, man, to uh, to come in and give me his all, man. Because like I said, every day is an interview, man. So we're going to break down a lot of things today. And Hector's going to give you a lot of insight on this betting world. Not just going to come in and say, well, take the Lakers plus three. This ain't what it is. He knows me too well, and he knows that I'm going to. I want to be very, very meticulous in doing something. We want to make sure if I put out a whiskey that the whiskey ain't average, and it's the same with the show. So we're going to be different, and everything that we do um, is going to be different. So Hector, uh, we came up with a plan, and Hector's come up and executed the plan. And I'm going to let Hector take over and talk to you about everything there is to do, even the finite details as to what bettors, what bettors call things, what the definitions of things are, and different things like that. So King Capo's in the house, by the way. That is what he goes by. And uh, Hector, man, take it over. I want you to break it down. Introduce yourself. What's going on, Coach? Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I really needed this because – you motivated me to kind of finally get everything set up right. I've uh, I've had the equipment, I had everything, but 
you really pushed me to uh, finally get the job done, and I and I did. It's not done yet. I still got some uh, decorations to, to, oh, yeah. to take care of, but it will get done. Uh, it's all good. Looks good, man. Looks good, though. It's clean right now. It's clean. Shit. Yeah, it's clean right now. I could I could spice it up a little bit, but I don't want to. They, they, they not no they not no 20s, they tens, but it's clean. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll she'll do right for now. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, so you want to break down um where, you're from New Jersey, right? I grew up in Jersey. Um then I went to school in Pennsylvania. Started my working career in New York. Had to move back to PA during COVID, uh, and now I'm back in Jersey. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, shout out to New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, all that shit. Take a subway to all of them. Um, or not a subway, a train. Um, what uh, You want to break down what you're going to be doing on the show every Friday, and especially like we know that we're in a betting frenzy right now in the world. Betting's at an mm-hmm. all-time high. It's huge. It's a huge following. It's made people like Pat McAfee hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, that's how big it is where they can give away that type of money to a person that's just sponsoring their 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 product. Um, imagine what they're making every day, right? So um, a lot of the the, the, the the general population, like including myself, they don't know what everything means. They don't know what plus minus means, for instance. They don't know mm-hmm. what, um, you know, any of these meanings have, and I know you're here to break down that at the finite detail level so these guys understand what they are betting if they are going to bet. And then we're going to talk about the seasons. Obviously, we're in a dead season because football runs the world uh, in the betting world, and basketball is probably second. Um, you're in the baseball time right now, and, and hockey just yep. ended, and, and MMA is a big one um, for, the, for, the, for the fan, the, the big avid fan. I'm a novice at this stuff. Um, I guess you can break down what season we're in, how we're going to go about this every Friday, and then break down, you know, your yep. your whole, uh, you know, algorithm and how you go about things. Because you're a very successful better. You've won a several amounts of uh, decent-sized money at this. So mm-hmm. uh, another reason I wanted you on the show. And um, um, there's people already in the chat. They don't understand MMA odds. They don't get this. Don't let them, don't let them push you and get ahead of this thing. But uh, let's let's All get right. into it and dive in and let you have the floor. I um I get it. It's uh that people don't understand um the, the terminology because when you open up a sportsbook app, it's its own language, and there's thousands of markets you can bet on anything. <laughs> and uh, but I got it all down. I got into sports betting uh, two years ago uh, when the pandemic hit. I lost my job, and I had to move out. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to move back home with my parents, and that's kind of how I started getting into it. Uh, <laughs> I started uh, betting on Korean baseball because that was like the only thing that was on at the time. And uh, what really got me into it was I hate I did not like losing one, two. I didn't also like listening to someone else else's opinion on what I should do with my money. If I'm going to lose, I'd rather it be on on me and also figure out why I lost. So for the first year of the pandemic, I um, I really started trying to figure out how I can beat these fucking books. 
They're placing these odds out there for me every single day. And how can I beat them? And I was working at it for a year and I really took off this past football season where I made a quarter million playing fantasy fucking football. And now it wasn't luck. It, it was not luck. I put in hours and hours of work and I wasn't even that like happy when I won. It was more of like a, like a confirmation that I'm not fucking crazy. You're supposed to here. You're supposed to win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here uh, watching sports every single day, sweating out these bets, uh, trying to figure out my own algorithm, putting in hours of work. And it was confirmation that I'm on, I'm onto something. And the following day I was right back in the lab. I love this. This is what I'm meant to do. So is this your full-time job? No, I, I also do work for a sports book. Okay. As soon as I won that quarter million, I remade my resume, put that right at the top and got a job with a sports book. Well, hey, I, smart. <laughs> I had, I had to, cause like, why, why am I going to get content? There's just, yeah. <laughs> so I, break there's, this there's down no for us. To... Let's get into the season we're in. So kind of explain the betting seasons. I guess we're in a down season right now because of what we have to offer, but kind of break down <laughs> what we're going to be doing for the next few weeks until we get to the Mecca, which is football season. I, I just laugh because you say you said that it's a down season, but for me right now it's full steam ahead with baseball. <laughs> that, that exactly. So you exactly see that's <laughs> ignorant speaking on my part. So um, I'm ignorant as fuck when it comes to this, but I should know better because if you can win a million dollars betting on a fucking fastball, then what the fuck's the difference in what it is you're betting on? So you're betting on baseball, MMA, shit. I might be betting MMA after I hear this today, but but. I guess we're never in down season when it comes to betting. Um, So that's probably totally wrong terminology for me. But we're in the season that a lot of people in the sports world that don't bet call it down season because football is not being played and basketball is not being played. So you have baseball and you have hockey, which just ended. Um, So now you're baseball and MMA basically, right? Um, Yep. I I treat baseball and football – as a business and MMA, that's my form of entertainment. I do win. I do put in the work. I do look at statistics, but that is more of entertainment for me. I don't, it's a good change of pace because baseball, you know, it is, it is a little bit slower um, than the, the rest of these sports. So I, I, that's why I really enjoy MMA. You're, you're wagering on someone to get knocked the fuck out you're picking your fighter to fight for your money. And it is awesome. Highly recommend it. Super fun. And it is very entertaining. The, the only issue is that it is on a Saturday and the, the normal human being is out drinking and doing this, doing that on their Saturday, finally enjoying their weekend. But I'm there watching that sport every single Saturday. No doubt, no doubt. So you want to break into the layman's terms of betting so these guys, everyone knows what it is and how you broke it down. I don't know if you have any graphics or not or whenever you want to show those, but do you want to break down everything as far as the novice can understand it? Because I don't even want to know. I want to learn myself. Yeah, sure. So, um, Christian, are you? 
Can you pull up if you're there? Can you pull up the first picture that I've sent you? The Tigers. Um, there we go. So this was a bet that I placed on the 26th. Um, so baseball, you have different markets. I really like to stick with the first three or the first five innings because I'm breaking down the starting pitcher versus the starting pitcher. Once you get into like a full game, you then have uh, each team's bullpens that add a whole nother equation to it. And it could, it only takes one fucking guy to root to fuck you. Cause now pitchers are pitching five innings, six innings max, and you have your bullpen coming in six, seven, eight, nine. So take a step back real quick. What are you, what is this right here? We're showing like, what are we showing the norm, the novice fan here? You're, you're, you're talking about you're betting games or you're betting players. So for baseball, I bet games for football, basketball, the prop market is huge. But for baseball, it's completely different. So here's two bets that I've placed. The first three innings, money line. So I'm basically picking who is going to be the winner after three innings. A combination of teams, play. right? Accumulation of the teams all together is money line, right? Correct. Um, so you're just picking the straight up winner. And you can see that that bet voided because um, this, there was no winner. The score was tied. And then for the second slip, um, here's an example of team totals. So I bet the Tigers to score over one and a half runs in the first five innings. So it, as you can see in the result at the bottom, it was four nothing. So they scored four in the first five innings and my bet cashed. So those are some of the markets that I'm really into. Now, uh, are you going to break down? What minus one ten means? Because the fans are asking what minus one twenty. Okay. What plus? so minus one ten? The odds are very very important. I stay the fuck away from public teams, Lakers, Dodgers, Yankees, because the odds are closer to like minus two hundred. So you, if you bet a hundred bucks, the payout's fifty. So the closer that is to a hundred, the bigger the payout is. So the larger that number is, the bigger the favorite it is, if that makes sense. So minus 110 has to do with what? So minus 110, those odds are at a pick em. So like Vegas thinks it could go either way. It's a 50. It's almost a 50-50. It's almost like a 50-50. And then my job is to figure out where I have the edge and those odds are beautiful because the payout is bigger so i like to focus more on odds closer in the low hundreds the odds are are very big i anything over minus 150 i don't touch because your risk you it's not worth it to me Uh, like (laughs) it's a waste of my time i rather focus on all the odds that are close to a 50-50 50-50 shot and see where I have the edge. So minus 120 for this game. It's So explain to them, because I think they're confused still, about what minus means. So whenever you see a, a minus, it means it's slightly favored. So the slightly. minus team is the favored team, right? It, it 
Well, the that market is slightly favored. So there, the minus one twenty, it's slightly favored for the Tigers to score more than two runs. Slightly, slightly, and I have to. And I did all my breakdowns, and I'm seeing that I like this, this, and that. It's worth it to me. Gotcha. So the and minus, then, like Wido said, the minus basically means how much it costs to make per hundred dollars, right? Yes, it, yes, but also like when you see a plus, they're an, it's an underdog, right? The plus means you're in the favored. next picture, Christian. I have a of a, yeah, I have the I took the Orioles plus one thirty five, so they were slight underdogs, and you can see that the payout was a lot bigger. Especially so, on a money line, right? Especially on a money line, when you take a bunch of teams and you take the underdogs, you're going to have bigger payout. Correct. You're always going to have bigger payout when there's a plus, and then when there's a minus, the higher it goes from 100, the less you make uh, if you win that bet. So you bet 540 bucks and you won 1269 bucks. Correct. Scared money don't make money, fellas out there. A lot of you guys may not have five hundred to spend, but that's what he spent five hundred. And scared money don't make money, so that is what you you see there is what Hector's betting. So just imagine, you know, if you bet twenty dollars, you understand the payout's not going to be nearly as enough uh, as much. So just understand there, that there there's a starting point to um, building your bankroll, and you have to be very smart with it. You don't want to be that guy to to be constantly depositing all the time. And I get it if you're casually betting on something once every once a while. But if you're depositing every day, risking all your money, that's you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> so there's a starting point to everything. And if you are betting five, ten bucks, twenty bucks, we've all been there before. So there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just using. Um, my bet slip as an example to show some credibility and also kind of explain the markets that I'm into. Let's, uh, let's, okay. What are you talking next? What's up? What's next on your agenda? Uh, We have, Um, we have about 12 minutes on the, on the video. We have 12 minutes on the audio side. So I just want to make sure that the audio side gets, uh, no, 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 you're good. I just, no, we can on the after hours on the after party. We're good. We can show, uh, more, but I want to make sure you get into your MMA for the audio side. So okay, I, can um, ju- I could jump right into the MMA then. Um, yeah, let's do and that. Then for go a back to there. We go MMA right there. So I'm going to start off with the early prelims. I've noticed that I've done better with the early prelims um, because it's sometimes overlooked. It's not the main card. So for the first fight, Jessica Rose Clark against Julija. Uh, I can't even pronounce that last name. Uh, so everyone was on Jessica Rose Clark, her last fight. And she's known for having somewhat of a ground game, averaging 5.36 minutes of control time per 15. And she was submitted in the first round. So I'm, I'm assuming that everyone is going to jump ship and probably completely fade her but she's going up against Julja, who's 0-3 in her last three fights in the UFC 
two losses by decision and one by submission. And she's averaging 7.31 minutes of control time against per 15. So this is a great spot for Jessica Rose Clark if she attacks the ground. I can see this fight being very, very boring, uh, which leads me to uh, probably taking Jessica Rose Clark by points slash decision at plus 105. So if you're betting Jessica Rose Clark by decision at plus 105, 100 pays out 105. Okay. Uh, for the next fight, Jessica I against uh, Macy Barber. So Jessica I has not fought in 354 days. Damn. And is 0-3 in her last three fights in the UFC. I actually bet against Macy Barber in her last fight, and she absolutely smoked that girl. So I'm, I have to jump on the train and back up Barber. <laughs> There's no reason to bet Jessica I here. Uh, but you see her odds there are minus 255. So she's the favorite. Way, way too high for me. So she is a, a heavy favorite. So I... I, what what I think is a better look is betting Barber by points at minus 120. So 100 pays out uh, 180, $80 profit, or even taking a long shot on her TKO prop at plus 500. 100 pays out 500. So you can bet this on betonline.ag or any of the of the books, right? Um, in the states that allow it, right? So like, yes, sir. Your state allows all, it, right? Yep, I took all these odds from uh, FanDuel. Okay, got you, FanDuel. But BetOnline should have it. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a big, big card, so they should have it. Uh, so next we have Uriah Hall against Andre. So, again, you have a heavy favorite. He opened up at minus 285, and now he's at minus 350. So if you're betting $100 on a minus 350, that pays out $28. That is not worth it. I guess you can add that to a parlay but to decrease the odds, but I don't know. I, I just – Wow, say that style, again. Say that I again. What's up? Say that again. So Andre Muniz, his odds opened up at minus 285. Now he's minus and 350. Now, and now he's minus 350, so he became a heavier favorite. So 100 bucks pays out 28, and I, th- I think you should just completely fade that. Um, Muniz is 6-0 in the UFC. Two of them came from Dana White's contender series, but he's been knocked out four times in his professional career. Um, Uriah Hall has 13 wins by TKO out of 17 wins. Uriah Hall by TKO around one or two is at plus 480 because that, that's his path to victory. Uriah Hall, if he's going to win, it's going to, he's going to win by knockout in rounds one or two. So, um yes, Q Money Sniper, I'm, this is definitely a fade spot. I'm definitely fading the favorite here because the line is way too wide. What does fade spot are, mean? What's up? Sorry, I can't I'm having trouble with my what is uh 
We need to do a definition uh, fucking class. What is <laughs> yeah, what does fade so spot mean? Lingo. What's fade so, spot mean? What are all these things? I got to I got to teach. I got to coach coaches now. That's what coaches supposed to do. Coach coaches. I got to coach Hector up real quick. So what's fade mean? And what are these uh, terms you're using mean? So the Lucys and everyone in this thing that are um, even myself. I don't fucking know shit. What does fade mean? <laughs> so fade means you just fade it. Like just <laughs> when that fight comes on, go grab a beer and chill. <laughs> oh, so it doesn't mean shit. Yeah, you just fade it. Like the over on to the next. Got don't, you. There's Got there's you. no need to force it. You know, if you don't you don't need to bet on every fight. You don't need to bet on every team. You gotta pick your spots. So would I'm you bet gonna, would you bet on Hall? It, so he's the third fight on the card. If Clark wins by points, I'll take some of my profit and bet it on Hall. Got you. Wido hey. says stay away from the bet. But, okay, here's some more of the card we got this weekend. Um, so the first, the first one, the first fight of the prelims is Brad Tavares against Plausis. The line completely shifted. Um, now, Deplasis is the favorite. Favorite. He he opened up as the underdog, and now he's the favorite. So sometimes Vegas gets it wrong, and sharp money comes in early, and they see they see that there's a lot of money coming in on Deplasis, so they have to adjust their odds. So now he's he's the favorite. Can the public be wrong? Yes, but that is something to look in. You, you got to, if you are betting on this type of stuff, that's valuable information. So I, I wanted to know why the public is heavy on Deplas. And he has a 100% finish rate. All his 16 wins have come by finish. Tavares has a decent ground game. So I see this fight playing out on the feet. Uh, Tavares been knocked out three times in his professional year. So if I am going to play anything, it is going to be Deplasis by TKO at plus 195. But since the line shifted so much, I missed the ship. And I don't want, I don't, I lost value betting it now. So I'm probably going to just fade this one too. All right, you got you got a couple minutes, so let's run through these picks. I would just give them your picks on these, and then let's talk about the main card. Okay. Um, I thought Ian Gary, Ian Gary by round three TKO at plus fifteen hundred was interesting. <laughs> so a hundred bucks pays out fifteen hundred. <laughs> You I've, hit, I've, hit, I've, I've hit on those before a plus i've i've hit on a plus three thousand before so those, so those are taking fun. gary ian gary yes uh i'm just gonna skim through this so for riddell turner turner six three with the 75 and a half inch reach riddell's five seven with the 71 inch reach so i that height difference is gonna um definitely cause Riddell some trouble. Um, all of Turner's wins have come by 
finish. So Jalen Turner by TKO at plus 230 is interesting. Um, he's never been to the third round before in his career. Uh, so you do have value on Turner by points at plus 350. Um, on to the main card, Christian. Yeah. Um, Christian will get the main card pulled up. Um, who's on the main card? Uh, so the first fight of the night is Sean O'Malley against Pedro Munoz. And and uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley is a huge, huge, huge public. Uh, the public loves him. He, he's he got like four straight with the guy with the pink hair at the bottom, Coach. Oh, the guy that was on Pat Show? Yeah, I'm sure he was, but he's got like four wins by TKO. Very entertaining. He's got a personality, so the the public loves him. So naturally, these sports books are going to market Sean O'Malley by TKO. Um, all these sports books do this. They're, they're called odd boosts. They give you better odds. And I saw that FanDuel already boosted Sean O'Malley to win by TKO at plus 150 to plus 300. Yeah, Hammer Hammer Down did that today. Yeah, so these books are not your friends. No doubt. <laughs> they're, they're, they're boosting that for a reason. So naturally, I'm looking to fade that boost. So this isn't going to be a popular pick, but I'm going to take a shot on the over two and a half. Uh, Pedro Munoz in 26 professional fights has never been knocked out before. So I won't that. And then Fandle boosted Sugar Sean by TKO. So I have to fade the public here and I'm going to take a shot on this fight going over two and a half rounds. All right, we got, um, we got a minute. You got to run through your picks. Just run through the picks and give the public and everybody that what you want to buy, who you're picking on these. So I'm fading the uh, Brian Barberina fight. Fuck that. Not worth it to me. 40-year-olds. I'm good off that. That's a fade. So the Strickland-Perriero fight, I'm probably going to spend the most time on this. I know I have a minute. But this right here is the people's main event. This fight's going to be an absolute banger. And the line, again, completely shifted. Uh, you can see... Minus one twenty there. Well, the uh, the the line has been uh, flopping back and forth, and if Sean Strickland has a good game plan, he could he should be able to win this fight because Pereira is a kickboxer. So if he takes this somewhat to the ground, he could win. But I don't know. I don't I don't like bet. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to bet against Pereira. He's an absolute dog. So I have not made up my mind on that one. For Volkanovski Holloway, um, I did look at Volkanovski rounds four, five, or by decision at minus one ten. That's great value on on that. And then for the last fight, Adesanya against Konier. Um, Adesanya has zero takedowns landed in his UFC career. And um, in his last couple of fights, he's been getting a lot of heat for being a boring fighter. So I, I, I can see the, the public being heavy on Adesanya by decision. 
but I'm I'm looking at Adesanya rounds three, four, or five by TKO at plus five fifty. And uh that about wraps it up. And this is all tomorrow night? Yes, sir. So fade means don't bet. <laughs> fade means keep your money in your pocket. <laughs> so you're just chilling during that fight, what playing poker, and then you come back to watching the fight you bet. Exactly. Exactly. There's no need to force. That's got you. Any other important bets this weekend that we should bet here on this Hate Me Now's podcast? Should any of our guests, our people on the show, uh, our fans, should they bet anything else? Anything else meaningful? Is there a major league baseball game you bet well, on, or you just you bet players on baseball? No, for baseball, I bet the games and. Um, <clears throat> I looked at the slate tonight and I was not crazy about it. I know it's my debut here and but I still didn't want to force anything. Yeah. So yeah. I did send uh Christian um a Hail Mary parlay that I created. Um if Let's you can show pull it, Christian, it up, if Christian. we can. We show the Hail Mary parlay right there. So th- this is the Hail Mary parlay I, I I cooked up in the lab. I mean it's fun. Twenty five bucks pays out two hundred and if it hits, that kind of gets the party started for the UFC event. Um, wasn't crazy about anything. I was waiting for the Giants lineups to release, but that's that's the 10 o'clock Eastern time game. So that's taking a little bit to um, release. So I that's all that's all I got for tonight. So 25 bucks wins how much on that? 200. Okay, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. So that that right there is what the public loves to do. They love to gather up a bunch of bets because it, it's it's the it's like a lottery ticket. So let me ask you this: I'm a guy who didn't win a quarter million betting. Okay, I'm a guy who looks at your bets of five hundred dollars and only winning twelve hundred, and I'm like, I would never do that. I want to bet $20 and win a million dollars. So is that ignorance thinking or is it what, what do you, why do you do it? Is it because scared money don't make money and you have the money to spend and, and you play so much or is it the fact that you just want to, that is kind of your term of nickel and diamond. See, $500 ain't nickel and diamond for me or anyone else. I just, I'm not a big of a gambler to do that. Um, mm-hmm. unless I'm in Vegas and I say, fuck it, I'll put a grand on something. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how your thinking goes. Cause I don't see $500 and winning 1200 being a huge win for me. Um, but you do it a lot and I see you winning. So, I mean, is, is, is it cause you, you, cause you win. So you're like, fuck it. I'm going to keep doing it. Or it's, it's because I put in the work and I got everything, sense. everything that I bet on, I can explain to you. Yeah, Why? Yeah. So the confidence is there. And again, it's it's been a long process trying to figure out some sort of algorithm. So if if it's there, if the numbers are there, I put in the work, I'm going to risk it. But I think if talking, to, I'm just asking it because I look at it like, fuck, if I'm on FanDuel or DraftKings, there's 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 things I can bet twenty dollars on and win two hundred fifty K. Now, we know the odds are fucking great. It's 50,000 plus people in there, and we know there's bots and all this different shit that goes into it. What? Why would you bet 500 to only win basically $700 more? 
But why would you do that compared to doing the way I do it? And I just like, all right, I'm going to bet 20 bucks, try to hopefully win 200 grand. If I finish top 20, I'll still win fucking 10 grand. Why do you think, what's the difference in that? Is that because it's betting players versus games? Um, I see more that more of the games over and under odds are more like what I saw you bet on compared to what I do when it's basketball or football season where I'm betting on players. And it seems like the more people are in there because of players, so obviously the less money you put down, greater chance to win more. Is that why? Well, you're, or? you're, well, you're talking about uh, two different things. Right. Um, sports betting and then daily fantasy. Okay. So those are completely different things. They are the same, but they're completely different. See, things. I'm a novice, and I'm like the regular people in here. I'm like – well, twenty dollars, twenty dollars. I don't give a fuck if it's fantasy or fucking daily fantasy, whatever. That's what a lot of people I know that watch the show are like. Well, I just bet whatever. I don't know the difference between fucking daily fantasy and betting, or what you call it, sports book. So, sports book is over under games, correct? Well, there. That's a part of it. There's thousands of markets, coach. Okay, like. <laughs> You can wager on someone getting knocked out in the first round, second got you, round, got third, you, got like scenario betting, things. scenarios and shit. Yep, got you. Got so you. there, there's a big difference between daily fantasy and sports betting. Sports betting, you're trying to take the house's money. With daily fantasy, you're trying to take your competition's money. Got you, got you, got you. Well, look, man, stay, stay on for a minute. You got time. Yes, sir. Uh, stay on. Hector's going to stay on. Anyone wants to come in and ask Hector some betting questions or or advice, please come on over to the After Hours and After Party um, on YouTube. I got to get off the audio side. We've been on three hours, seven minutes on the audio side, and uh, I'm going to get killed by my ad guys. So I appreciate you. Make sure you hit on betonline.ag, bluetooth.com. Thanks for coming in on this Fearless Friday. Thanks to Zach Smith for coming on and giving us some great insight um, from Urban Meyer to Tom Herman to... Uh, everybody else and uh we'll have looking forward to have him on more often and uh come on in back for merciless monday next monday will be a great week we'll have some more players of mine on kaylin davis kd from last chance you if you know him will be on my show next week um on merciless monday keith williams couldn't come on today and either could marcellus wiley uh spoke to both of them marcellus will be back on uh, it's not an issue with him he's going through some things um professionally that he cannot come on anyone's show right now so he'll be back on when that's cleared up and we will uh look forward to talking to uh marcellus and getting his clipper takes plus everything else that's real and raw and uncut out there. And uh, just continue to keep growing the show. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe. Become a member before you get out of here on the weekend. And uh, we will see you next week for another five days of straight-up shit-talking, ass-kicking, and taking no names. Appreciate you guys. I'll see you Monday um, right here at 1 p.m. Pacific. Peace. Form you in the eye of the storm, help me.